So you qualify. I got to talk my shit, man. I feel like we <laughs> on top of the world right now. <laughs> Shout out to Arian Foster for making one of the best episodes of the year. Might be the best episode in Gems the Juice podcast history, honestly. People yeah, look, I fully agree. People looking at us different. <laughs> <laughs> people trying to peep out our next moves. People trying to see who we got on next. <laughs> we on top of the world now, man. We see killing us in the, the paper game. and they see us in the news, man. They see us on the news. They see us on Twitter. We going viral. We making noise right now. I can feel it in the air right now. I don't think people can touch us right now, man. We the hottest motherfucking podcast in Houston, Texas. Talk, talk your shit, Biggie. Talk your shit. Jay Prince said we was qualified. And we got Arian Foster on, man. I'm feeling good right now. Qualified. Qualified. We fucking qualified, man. <laughs> you know you got to play in the air whenever you qualified, though. Mm. Theme song of Mob Ties. It's the theme song. <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. I ain't gonna lie, I'm feeling good. Talk, talk your shit, baby. Talk, let them know. Let them niggas know who hated, didn't believe, you didn't see the vision. We remember y'all, okay? Talk your shit, baby. We remember people who didn't want to jump on this podcast with us. <laughs> we remember people who did a no call, no show. We remember y'all. Remember y'all fools. We feel this shit in the air, man. It's a new day, new age. The Gems and Juice podcast is coming for y'all niggas. We coming for y'all. Feeling it. Feeling it. I mean, see, look, Biggie, Biggie letting y'all know, man. It's the type of time we on in 2021. Yes. We ain't, we ain't playing nice no more. We played nice in, from 2017 through 2020. With it's a gonna, pandemic. Yep. It's going to be a hard time trying to get on this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> we might need a booking agent or something. We might. We might. We, we, hey, man, you, you got to hit up. You got to hit up. Uh, you got to hit up our agent. You can't talk to us directly no more. <laughs> we, we booked. We booked solid until summer. So may, maybe if you get in now, we might get you in for something in winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think and a light I, week. But I, yeah. I, I think we're a step closer to the Rock Nation brunch too. I think we're a step closer. Hey man, I think every 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 month, every time we make a big move, we getting closer and closer, man. Uh, we know Brandon Caldwell has his connects. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in the vicinity of a Rock Nation brunch at one point. Yep. We having these people on. We we locally known. We locally known, man. <laughs> we got the J Prince connection. The gym. We in mob ties. We qualified. <laughs> the, 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 it's, the it might happen. I'm not saying it's gonna happen this year, 
but it's gonna happen soon. I think we on our way to the rock nation. The gems and juice. We qualify, man. Qualify. Qualify. <laughs> I like the intro, man. Thinking Takio shit, Takio shit, well deserved, well deserved. Uh, been a long time coming, like Phil Collins just said. You feel it in the air, and we bringing it to you. Thank you, thanks to everybody who checked out the last episode, who shared the clips. We appreciate it. Um, and we got some more Texans talk for y'all, man. I always preface it by saying this ain't really a sports podcast, but it's a lot of sports shit going on. And we sports affiliated. Mm-hmm. So we gonna bring y'all the talk from the best. And this week we got Wade Smith on talking about the Deshaun Watson trade request, talking about the new coach, David Cully, breaking the whole situation down from a player perspective again. So if you into Texan shit and you bumping us for the Texan shit, you gonna get some Texan shit here too. So yeah, shout out to them clip buckled in. Shout out to the clip bake ass news sources. <laughs> who who just took a man? I I seen Fox News post the um the clip we posted, and they said, "Oh, Arian Foster yes. said fuck the Houston Texans and all this other shit." It's just like, no, nah, it wasn't even like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and it was like I, I understood. Like, figure you did the right thing by promoting the, the clips that were the Texans related because that's the biggest story. And mm-hmm. you know, Arian talked about it. We got to put it out there. But people took that as, you know, I think it was seen as Arian jumps on and shits on the Texans. Like, Arian wouldn't really have given that much of a shit unless we asked him. You know, I think he's way past this stuff in his life. So to act like he's just joining in with Andre Johnson piling, like Andre was unprovoked in his comments, which lets you know he feels strong. Mm -hmm. I don't think Arian really of a shit about what's going on with the Texans right now. Like, he cares on some form because, you know, he played for them, but he's moved on. He's on other things, and we didn't have him on for... Like, things really just aligned here. People gotta understand. <laughs> things... We have been trying to get Arian on since we started this podcast in 2017. He, yeah, and he actually agreed to come on. He hit me up probably in the middle of... Um, I want to say we was on break. we were on break during the time. It had to be the end of December, yeah. and he hit me up and said, "Let me know when you um, when you need me to come on." And so it it was already in the works. We wasn't trying to get him on to talk some Houston Texans. We wanted to get him on from the beginning. So it just so happened all of this shit that happened with the Houston Texans yes. and Deshaun Watson that just so happened to happen during that time. Exactly. And, and if the, none of this happened, we probably would have asked a couple of football questions, but we probably would have mostly kept it hip hop related and, and talking about music talk. I, I never got to really get into an argument with him about his Jay-Z takes because he thinks that 444 is the best Jay-Z album. I wanted to debate him on that because I strongly disagree. It's a good <laughs> album, but reasonable doubt, man. Come on. What, what, what's yeah. wrong with you? I meant to ask him about but, that Tupac uh, take uh, he had, too. Remember, he said Tupac wasn't really a. What's his Tupac take? I think he said he wasn't a. He wasn't all that of a lyricist or something. He said something like that that rubbed people the wrong way. Oh, I forgot. I forgot he said that. He said that on Instagram. I think Instagram Live. I think Mm. I remember that. Yeah, Yeah, that that was him, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, we should have asked him that too. Even though I understand where he's coming from, but yeah. I forgot because we asked Jack Freeman about that when we had. Man, we yeah, we messed up. Yeah, it's okay though. Hopefully. 
that's <laughs> okay. It's cool. Hopefully it'll happen again. But yeah. yes, we, we didn't intend to, we didn't intend to have him on to react about text and shit. Yeah. We always wanted him on to just talk about, you know, whatever's going like shit we talk about on the podcast. Usually, man, this ain't really a sports focused podcast, but the stars just aligned. Things happened. Biggie put the clips out like he should have. Shit blew up and it got added to the dog pile of what <laughs> people have been saying about the Texans. So, yeah, it is what it is, man. Life is funny like that. It works out. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it is what it is. And, and onward and upward, man. We, we got a whole lot to talk about this week, too. Like yeah. I said, we got Way Smith on a little later. So stay tuned to that. Going to be on YouTube as well. So make sure you like and subscribe. That's what the, all the YouTubers say. Yeah. <laughs> make sure you like and subscribe to our shit. Welcome to my YouTube and, channel. Uh, we going to put out <laughs> <laughs> goofy graphics and shit. Yeah. It's like, I wish, I wish, we going to get to that point at some, yeah. at some point too. We going, yeah. We going to add production value to the YouTube. But for now, it's just a straight up video and you got to live with it. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, I digress. We got a whole lot to break down, man. Shit's starting to pick up in hip hop. So we going to bring some things up. I listened to an album. I should have put this in the rundown, but I listened to an album and I'm going to talk about it a little bit. So there is some music talk here. But first, the viral sensation himself, Figgy, <laughs> how, how you been, man? And and how, how has life, because I've been wondering this about you, man. You, you've been getting a lot of play from the, the the Arian Foster interview. I know niggas looking at you different at that station. <laughs> Everybody looking at you, all eyes on you, man. So so how, how you been, man? How's this week been for you, dog? Man, I've been walking in like George Jefferson, bruh. <laughs> I'm walking in. <laughs> I'm walking in like I just moved on up to the east side. <laughs> no, nah, nah, but nah, I've I been cool, man. A lot of people just been reaching out to me and saying, you know, uh, you know, congratulations. And that was huge and all that stuff. And honestly, you you know, once we started this podcast, we we only wanted Arian Foster, so that yes. that that was a big deal. But once it happened, and we put the episode out, and all the shit started happening, and people started saying, "Damn, how did you get that?" I didn't even think it was that big of a deal. It was more of a okay, we got Arian, cool, yay. But I was kind of ready to move on. And I was just putting the clips out just to put them out. But just the feedback from people, I wasn't really expecting that. So, yeah, shout out to everybody um, showing me love, showing us love. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think at that moment I was like, wow, that that is a big deal. Because, I, you know, y'all know I ain't grow up in Houston. So I wasn't really following the Houston Texans like that. And once, I guess once I put that clip out and it went viral, I, I realize how much of a legend he is in Houston. You know what I mean, I don't know how people feel about him outside of Houston or you know, in you know New York or whatever. But here, you know, people look at him as like one of the greatest, and you know, one of the greatest that played um, for the Texans. So um, that was another thing. I'm like, wow, we actually, you know, outside of Bobby Fino and the the Now What podcast. We actually had Arian Foster, who was the running back, a legendary running back for the Houston Texans, who was doing this damn thing. So I guess that's the other way I didn't really look at it until, you know, this week. So, yeah, shout out to everybody who, you know, supported us from the beginning. Shout out to Tab, Pave Test Rob, mm-hmm. you know, um, Ernesto. Uh, yep. I'm, I'm trying to think of everybody. Anthony. Yeah, shout out, shout out to everybody who's been with us from the beginning. And shout out to the new people that's here listening after the last episode. 
Yeah, ho- hope y'all stick around, man. Like I said, usually it's, it's me and Figgy just talking sports, hip-hop, bullshit, whatever's going on in the culture, but appreciate it. And Figgy, hats off to you, man, because it really is, a, 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 it really was due to your persistence that you got him. So you deserve all the accolades, man. You deserve all the awards and the prizes, man. I, I, I congratulate you fully. Everybody, uh, make, make sure you know that Figgy, the hardest working man in radio, He's the one making these things happen. And, and yeah, it was great content for everybody. Hope y'all enjoyed it. If you ain't listened to it yet, if you ain't seen it yet, watch the whole video. I'll, I'll recommend. Don't just watch the clips because the whole <laughs> thing is good, man. Very interesting and insightful yeah. commentary from Aaron Foster. And we really appreciate him having on. It's kind of like Jay Prince, man, where it's like the this that's how you know people are really cool because we are, as, by all means, an underground podcast. We ain't going to get you, you know, worldwide notoriety we ain't joe rogan but we still got people like jay prince and arian foster who are willing to do us a solid and get on the podcast man so shout out to everybody all our guests including wade smith who will be joining us shortly Mm -hmm. with that being said let's get into it uh a lot of the breakdown man a lot on the the table but let me talk about some music and i didn't ask you if you've been bumping anything lately figgy but there was an album that came out from one of my uh, favorite MCs who's kind of underrated, Pharaoh Monch. Mm. He made an album called 13. It's kind of a hybrid uh, rap rock type of uh, album. Mm. It's a group called 13. It's Pharaoh Monch rapping. It's a guitarist and a drummer. So it's kind of like the roots a little bit, kind of has a roots feel to it, but more rock, less than a, uh, uh, R&B, but there are some smooth soul tracks as well. Mm. So the album's called 13. I believe it's called 13. Um, the group is called 13 at least. But the album, man, is actually pretty solid, man. And, and mm. Pharrell Monch is one of those rappers who I feel is very underrated in terms of lyricism. I think he's, in terms of sheer lyricism, he could be top 10, top 15, man. I can't think of that many who are better lyrically than Pharaoh Monch. Like his his delivery, his wordplay is crazy. His use of words, like it's almost MF Doom-like the way he spits with words that you never thought you would hear in rap before. Mm. So uh, very interesting sound. I know Pitchfork gave it a bad review, but fuck Pitchfork, man. I don't (laughs) care what they... Pitchfork is the worst... Rant on Pitchfork real quick because Pitchfork, for people who don't know, is one of these high culture uh, music review platforms. They have a website where they review a lot of rap, pretty much everything but rap too. But they'll give some old bullshit uh, mumble rapper mixtape like a 8.9 and they gave the <laughs> Pharaoh Monch album like a 5.6. So I'm like, what kind of scale are y'all using? They gave Whole lot of Red by Playboy Cardi a really good review, too, I guess, because it was it was avant-garde and new and special. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. I'm tired of these bougie-ass music review places. Like, if it's hot beats, hot rhymes, give it a high score. Don't be pl- – this whole high, high culture 
review. Pitchfork is bullshit, man. I don't yeah. trust any of their reviews. I don't go by any of their reviews. <laughs> they worse than Complex to me, honestly. Damn. <laughs> like, and I hate Complex for the most part, but they got some good people writing for them as well as a friend of the show, Brandon Caldwell. But yeah. besides that, yeah, come to us for uh, for your album reviews. I feel yes. like we get the most unbiased <laughs> album reviews. We do, we do, and, and we, you get a, a, a variety of opinions as well because we have guests on breaking shit down too. So yeah, come to us. We'll tell you if shit's hot or not. And I believe this Feral Munch album, the thirteen album, is pretty hot. Check it out if you're a fan. If you like the uh, the hybrid rock and rap sound, um, it, 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 it's a dope, dope album, man. Dope, and it's very political too. And, and part of me thinks that this is supposed to come out a while ago because there's a few songs that are aimed at Trump, mm. which sounds really outdated. And, and yeah. that sidebar again, <laughs> how do you feel about the Trump songs now that Trump's no longer here? Like, do you think this music is going to age badly no. now that Trump is gone? Uh, oh, well, you don't? Uh, you, no, no, no. I, I actually saying this, it, it didn't age good. <laughs> so, no, it's, I, I, I think it's, it sounds awful right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's, we we know Trump was a thing that happened, but it's, yeah, it's never to me. I think that was, naming presidents in your song is like naming NBA current NBA players, because even if you listen to a song and they talk about Obama, it's kind of like <laughs> unless it's like a recent Obama type of thing. But when you mention in President Obama, I'm black like my president or something like that. <laughs> it just don't. I don't know. It just don't feel right now. It, the the song kind of sound bad. So yeah, yeah. The Trump songs is I don't know. I always thought that was corny anyway. But just the Trump songs mentioning Trump and all this other stuff is kind of like eh. <laughs> I think it's even cornier when rappers mention a candidate who didn't even win the presidency. Like uh, <laughs> when Nicki Minaj said, "I'm a Republican voting for Mitch for Mitt Romney." These mm-hmm. broke ass niggas fucking up the economy. Number one, people got madder for that shit. Yeah, I forgot Number about two, that. You, in five years, nobody gonna know who Mitt Romney is, man. Like <laughs> it, these things age badly. I remember Tupac said, "Bill Clinton, Mister Bob Dole, you too old to understand the way the game's told." He said <laughs> that, and how do you want it? We remember Bill Clinton. Nobody remember Bob Dole, dog. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be a super '90s nigga to remember Bob Dole yeah. from back in the day. Yeah, it sound cool at that moment, but like I said, a couple years later, it's like who cares? And you yes. know, and when people go back to that music to the song, it's like who is this person? They don't know who that person is. Yeah, and, and and that's kind of the flaw. If there is a flaw of this album, is is that it's kind of political in some tracks. And uh, you know, the Trump, he ain't here no more. He been banned from everything. Mm-hmm. You ain't heard from him. It's crazy not hearing from Trump at all. It's it been quiet, man. <laughs> he used to tweet every day, usually like in the middle of the night too, which was yeah. super crazy. Yeah, it been super quiet, man. I think this that's the one thing I think people um was so happy about that is like. I don't think people would have thought he would have been banned from Twitter and shit, but it been kind of quiet. You ain't been hearing no bullshit going on, so yeah. I guess I guess I guess you could say it's back to normal. And what I mean by normal is back to the regular a uh, regular president. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So we back to square one. How it was? <laughs> pretty much, man. Pretty much. And uh, I see Biden doing all these executive orders too, which is crazy. Not not. I mean they're cool to undo what trump did but i kind of feel like 
this is going to be a just a cycle where one president does a whole bunch of shit and yeah. we deal with it for four to eight years and the next president just comes in and undoes everything. And it's like, what the fuck, man? It's just never going to be regular no more. But I digress. We ain't getting into politics, but check check out the album. I recommend it. It is worth a listen. I mean, it's been a, a slow start to the year, hip hop wise. Drake delayed his album because of knee surgery and he's recovering. Yeah. Which is kind of funny in a way. <laughs> I mean, how did speedy he, recovery how did he, to our mob ties, brother. What happened to his knee? What, what, I don't even know. Yeah, because that just came out of nowhere. And I was wondering, like, what? how is he recovering? Like, what happened? I think he said he had knee surgery or some kind of, maybe it was when he was running routes in that video. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, I think he always had problems going back to when he, he like broke his ACL. knee or leg on stage. Remember that? Like yeah. back in 09? He like tore the ACL or something. Yeah. Yeah. He tore, a, he was skipping on stage and like messed up his leg when he was jumping. Yeah. And it was like one of the funniest clips on the internet yeah. for a while. And Lil Wayne had to come out and take over. <laughs> yes. And yeah. he cracked a joke. He was like, oh, this ain't this, this Degrassi for real. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, uh, it might be something from that. Maybe he just had a bad leg ever since then, but apparently he had surgery. And because of that, he pushed back his album certified lover boy. Um, so we will see when that comes out. I don't know why he couldn't record on the bed or something, but okay. <laughs> he, he's our mob ties brother. Yeah. So we will, uh, <laughs> ne- I've never slandered that man again. I, I ain't slandering nothing, man. We, <laughs> we wish Drake a speedy recovery and we will give his album 10 out of 10. I'm just kidding. Qualified. <laughs> Don't be unbiased. It's qualified for us. <laughs> yeah. So we will see what happens when that. Figgy, you've been bumping anything. I know Lil Dirk put something out recently. Mm, you I have, hear that uh that Kanye crazy like Kanye shit? No, nah, I ain't hear that. I, I ain't check it out. It, it's it's weird because I'm I'm not really sure what what albums are actually new now because they these artists keep re, re-releasing their music, their yes. albums. And like I'm I'm looking, I'm thinking Party Nest Door dropped a new album, but it's it's the same, it was the same shit. So I'm like, damn, I seen a little dirt, but I wasn't sure if that was an actually new album or was it like a re-release or something. But uh I ain't even bothered to check nothing new now. I've just been bumping old shit, man. I've been I've been kinda in my classic rock bag. Okay. Yeah, just something something different. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, it, it's been kind of weird, man. Like people keep dropping deluxe editions, and I remember uh, Bryson Tiller dropped a remix of fucking what was that album called? Trap Soul. Oh like, yeah. Re released that album. I'm like, that album ain't that old, dog. It ain't been ten years even since that shit dropped. Yeah. So yeah, there's been some re releases and remixes and deluxe editions and. Music is kind of a mess right now. I'll be honest, man. Music yeah. is kind of a mess. Right I haven't now. been yeah, I haven't really been focused on trying to listen to some new music now for some reason. It's I've just been listening to like old shit. Um what else I've been listening to? Um yeah, I've just been listening to old shit. Yeah, I I, I don't know, I just ain't really in the mood to listen to something new unless it's like a artist that I like. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the same way, but I did make a New Year's resolution to listen to some more because, you know, people like to get put on new music, man. And, and we're a music podcast, so I did make a New Year's resolution to check more independent projects and, and really 
dig in the crates and see, you know, what's going under the radar, but it's still good. Yeah. And so I made I made a New Year's resolution to do that, and I'm gonna try, but it's tough out here, man. It's tough. You got to wade through a whole lot of <laughs> bullshit and piece shit that people say is fire, but you listen to it and it's not. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you got to learn to learn whose opinions to trust and and try to wade through whatever's going on. But there are some gems out there, and I will try my best to stay more informed about that shit. But anyway. <laughs> We got some juicy topics, man. <laughs> um, hmm, where should we start? Uh, so Jay Z has been accused by Funkmaster Flex of something very salacious. Apparently, he cut a deal with Trump because remember, Trump uh, pardoned a whole lot of people, um, including Kodak Black and including Lil Wayne. And he also pardoned the Rock Nation CEO, Desiree Perez. <laughs> and Funkmaster Flex is claiming that uh, Jay-Z cut a check for Trump to issue this pardon to his CEO. Hmm. Hmm. I know what you did, Hove. <laughs> I know what you did. Funkmaster Flex just hates Jay-Z. So it's... it's I got people in that building that know what you do. You're a Trump supporter. <laughs> oh man, I, I I got the documents. I got he, but he'll tease it for an hour before he actually yeah. reads it. I got the documents. <laughs> I'll read it next. I'm shocked he still got the show, man. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't move on from him. He's still like one of the biggest, like say what you want about him, man, but he's still like one of the biggest names in New York music or New York radio, which yeah. is still a thing. So, I mean, and, and shit like this is probably why he makes headlines. He, yeah. he wants the accusations. And and, and, I, yeah. and I think we got to mention, too, he got an album coming out. So I think yeah. that's part of the reason why he doing this. <laughs> oh, OK. Interesting. Um, but the other interest, interesting thing, and you know, I will entertain any conspiracy theory, you know, at least listen to it. He did say that Jay Z did not Trump, uh, did not support Joe Biden in exchange for the pardon. Mm. So that's interesting because I did realize, like, where were Jay Z and Beyonce? I figured they were going to come in late, like they did for Hillary. They came in a little, they were on board a little earlier for Obama. They came in at the last minute for Hillary Clinton yeah. to support them. They didn't do that this year. They didn't support Biden this year. They didn't support anybody. And these are people who are usually endorse somebody. Yeah. You know, uh, who was at that uh, Beyonce supported in Texas? I forgot the nigga's name. Uh, Beto? The, Is it Beto? Was yeah, Beto. She yeah. supported Beto. She supported him super late, though. <laughs> like on election night, like seven o'clock, yeah. she, supported, <laughs> she supported Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was kind of strange. But um, yeah, it, it was kind of strange that they never officially supported Biden and Kamala, the first African American slash Indian, um, well, not African American, Jamaican. Slash yeah. Indian yeah, woman. Um, vice woman vice president and Beyonce yeah. had nothing to say. Yeah. 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to explain this. Yeah. You know who we got to get on to talk about this? We got to get Quincy Avery on to talk about this. Because remember last time we had him on, he mentioned how he kind of don't rock with Jay-Z since the whole NFL shit. Oh, wow. Remember that? Yeah, we do. We do need to get... And by the way, I'm not saying we made Quincy Avery hot, but I feel like Quincy Avery was on our podcast before he was on anything, man. And, yeah. and he he definitely deserves the national platform. But I don't remember all these radio stations getting him on and all these <laughs> other people. So that's another thing we originated, y'all. We, we've taken credit for that. I'll man. take we that. We start the Quincy Avery wave. But now we definitely, if we can talk to him, because now he... <laughs> I'm scared to hit him up now, man. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't want him to think I'm just trying to get some headline porn and nothing like that. Like I legit yeah. want to just have them on again. <laughs> we might we might have to wait for things to cool down. We might have to wait till Deshaun Watson officially gets traded. That, that, that's the thing. That's the thing, man. Like last year, I was planning in my head, like, all right, once the season is over, maybe we could have them on and you know talk some shit. But it's it's it seemed like the drama started right after the season. Yep, and it never cooled down. <laughs> so. I don't know, man. I guess we're going to have to wait to, I guess, after the NFL draft or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be able to talk to him again soon, man. I think he fuck with us. Hopefully he fuck with us. So we're going to make it happen, man. We're going to reach out. But, yeah, he's a hot commodity now. Of course, everybody wants to know where Deshaun Watson going to go mm-hmm. and what's going on with him. So, yeah, it might be tough to get in touch. But yeah, hopefully <laughs> soon, man. We ain't even got to talk about football, man. We just talk about bullshit. We can talk about Jay-Z. Because I am interested in why. I want to hear all theories. And I will entertain this funk. It might be true. Maybe this was a condition. Maybe he couldn't support Joe Biden in exchange for yeah. which uh, all the help that did. Maybe it helped him. <laughs> yeah. Because they supported Hillary Clinton and she lost. <laughs> so maybe that was the curse. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so interesting, interesting conspiracy theory to start off the podcast and now we have to start off we haven't done this in a while cancellation tour 2021 has started officially and we've got a new 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 (laughs) contestant coming down the line you sound a little too happy about this one look i I don't know what you're talking about man (laughs) i know what you're talking about just because the uh the 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 accusations are going against T.I. and Tiny. (laughs) (laughs) Look, yes, this is a very serious topic. Very serious topic. (laughs) Man, fuck it. I'm getting this off. Where are y'all at? Where are y'all at here defending this man? Remember I told y'all he seems slimy? Remember I told y'all he just looked like a scumbag? I have a spider sense for shit like this, man. I can tell when something's off. <laughs> all y'all came, y'all gave me shit. That clip was posted, hitting on T.I. Now look at you. Now look at you. <laughs> man's a rapist. Man's a, 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 a using women. Man is a, some creepy sex slave shit with strippers, taking innocent strippers and, and turning them out with his wife in some deviant behavior. And you defended him. <laughs> you defended him. Look at y'all now. But Urban Legend was a classic. Or trap music was a classic. Get the fuck out of here. His music wasn't shit. His acting ain't shit. And it turns out he as a person ain't shit. 
<laughs> Let me hear y'all T.I. fans now. Come at me now, man. Come at me now and defend your man. Defend these 19 women. Say they all wrong because T.I. in some freaky shit with his weird-ass wife. <laughs> and I believe women, man. So, I believe black. I don't know about y'all. Tell me it was a lie. I believe black women, okay? <laughs> I believe what black women say. And I'm on their side. So if they say he a creep, rapist, terrorist, abuser, <laughs> I believe it. I don't know where I got terrorists from, but I'm going to throw that in there too. <laughs> Shit, he did have all them guns like a terrorist. He did. He had Al-Qaeda guns, man. <laughs> he might have been behind 9-11. Who knows, dog? I'm putting everything on T.I., man. I'm putting everything on T.I. Nah, we getting T.I. out of here. What a great start to 2021, man. What a, I, I feel so good now. <laughs> I hope I never have to hear T.I. again. First with the Hyman shit. He's done so much stuff to get canceled, and he ain't been canceled yet. He defended Bill Cosby, I think, or some crazy shit like that. He's always been talking out the side of his mouth, and nobody said shit because they yeah. did the all, the, all the shit he was talking about with his daughter. <laughs> yes. Which should have been enough, because I feel yeah. bad for her. Yeah. She ain't do nothing to deserve all this <laughs> and nah so it turns out that he he and his wife have been involved in some creepy sex shit man <laughs> and th- this kind of started from one person but a lot of people started uh adding on and uh basically it, it was I-, I didn't read the whole thing because it was a long ass instagram dm yeah. And I was like, just just tell me what he's accused of. <laughs> but but basically, um, a woman said she was pressured to take drugs, um, take off her clothes and have sex with T.I. and Tiny at the same time. And they would get abusive that they didn't comply, things like that. And said T.I. held her at gunpoint at one point. Um, yeah, this is some creepy shit, man. <laughs> and I have to tell you, dog, just based off of I'm gonna be real here, man. <laughs> like, I feel like there's no way you stay with a woman that looks like tiny <laughs> for this long unless she's into some creepy shit that no other woman will probably be into. Mm. And I, I think this is one of those things, man. <laughs> I feel like this is the only way they they get their rocks off in their relationship, probably. Yeah, so yeah, that makes sense. Creepy. That maybe yeah, may, it sounds like they trying to spice the bedroom up a little a little bit. Yes. And do little kinky shit like that. Yes, and I, I do hear some people trying to put this all on Ti and, and absolve Tiny. You know, by saying, oh, he, I'm sure he's just abusive and, and she just likes that he treats somebody worse than her. Like, Tiny, a grown ass woman, dog. You think she don't know right from wrong at this point? Yeah. She old as fuck. Like, she is complicit and she knows women being abused and she ain't do nothing about it. So, T.I. is, of course, going to make some statement with some big old words. See, these salacious arguments against me are just not true. They don't know what it is. They don't know what it is, shorty. <laughs> some stupid ass bullshit announcement he probably gonna have a podcast he might go on a red table talk yeah i was just about to say that <laughs> he gonna go on that red table talk with the glasses yes. <laughs> he's he gonna come back in with the glasses like this with a button-up shirt and jay the pig gonna wear be, some suspenders yeah jay the pig gonna be on that table like this <laughs> oh man banging their fingers on the table 
Yes. Uh, so so I, I, I got my shit off, man. Figgy, how do you feel about these allegations, man? Do you believe them or do you feel like it's just women looking for a come up or whatever the excuse is being on social media right now? To me, nothing surprises me, man. I can't sit here and say I was shocked. Because, I mean, you did say T.I. had some type of sliminess to him, and I didn't disagree with that. I, I, I wouldn't say he was slimy, but I didn't disagree with, when you said that. So, um, to me, it it seemed kind of weird. They're, they are in Atlanta. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, it, stuff like this don't really shock me. But the the one thing that did shock me was um, I was on Twitter and seeing people reaction to it. And for some reason, people kept bringing up Obama name. They was bringing up Obama how he's a um, – I, I kept seeing a couple of people call him a, a, a pedophile. And so I don't know if that's like a long-going rumor or something. And somebody made a tweet saying, like, people still don't understand why he ordered 65 pieces 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh my God. That, that's that piece of gay shit, man. That, that, that's that's some deep level conspiracy shit that I, I don't believe. And I, I've heard that too. There's a whole conspiracy about Democrats being child molesters and, yeah. and sex predators and they order pizza and there's a pizza restaurant that gets the kids or some goofy shit like that. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that's strange because I never even heard that that conspiracy. But um yeah. But yeah, like something like this, it, it really don't shock me. I to me, I understand if it was like one woman, maybe one woman, maybe coming out, and maybe she she was doing this shit for the wrong reasons. But when there's multiple women, it's hard to turn the other way and say, nah, all of these women are lying. So I I I, I think it is some truth to it. I'm I'm not sit, sitting there saying Ti is totally innocent. And, you know, nothing happened or he totally guilty, but something happened. <laughs> something went on. I don't know. It, maybe it could have been some type of role play that went wrong, but something did happen. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it'd be interesting to see. And I, I, the, the one thing I'm really wondering is as far as the cancellation tour. I'm T.I. not really hot in, hot in these streets as far as music. But I'm wondering if it, if if the industry would go as far as to try to cancel him, saying, "Hey, he not doing shit. We don't need him now. So let's get him out of here." I'm not sure if he's at that point. I don't think he's at an R. Kelly point where he's not doing shit, not not benefiting anyone because he do have the podcast. I, I'm guessing the podcast is doing okay. I'm not sure, but um, as far as the other shit outside of music, what Ti is doing. I'm wondering if people will take a stand and say, hey, we don't need this shit. Let's get him out of here or will will he get a pass? That's a good question, man. I mean, T.I. is still relevant. You know, he's been used in political move. The mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Bottoms, used him to try to uh, uh, to tone down the violence that was happening after the George Floyd protests and, and whatnot. He also has a podcast and he gets big guests, man. He had Young Thug on there. He has, you know, big time guests on the podcast. He's still relevant. He's not relevant musically, but he's still relevant in the hip hop culture. So it'll be very interesting to see, man, because this is a lot of women. It's 19 at least and probably more will come out soon. It's kind of like the Cosby thing, man. It's like, do I believe that Cosby got all them women? 
Probably not, but he got some of them, at least. 60-some women come out, like, at least a few of them telling the truth, man. Same thing here. Like, some of them, at least, and even the ones that went into detail about what happened, they have similar experiences. I don't see this being a coordinated attack to take down somebody like T.I., who's already kind of done, to be honest. So... Yeah, it just seems like something that they started as a fun little threesome thing. And then, like you said, it just got more freakier and and, and rougher and dangerous. And yeah. 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 When you look at a couple like that, that have a lot of money, who earned a lot of money, they have a lot of power. Yep. So if they, you know, they can they can get any old little um, any old woman to come through and do whatever they want. So if if they you know it probably worked out okay I'm sure a lot of couples do this but if it's a couple or if it's a woman who don't want to do that or you know has some problems they could they can get a little angry you know what I mean they can treat them any type of way because they got all this money so that you know people with money can you know a whole bunch of assholes with money yeah. you know a bunch of billionaires bunch of millionaires with money who who are assholes so it it could be a situation like that where you know they do this with multiple different women, and you know they treat them like shit. So now they probably could be you know coming out saying, "Hey, he did this to me too. Hey, he you know they they approached me too. Hey, they did this to me too." So it it could be a situation like that. I think it is, man. I think especially people in the industry they they treat strippers like like fucking fuck dolls basically man they treat him mm-hmm. like objects you yeah. know we heard the thing about trey songs about how he basically kidnapped this woman and said she couldn't go nowhere a- until he was done with her basically you know like she was an object to him mm-hmm. and some women like they fine with that other ones they not man and then yeah. it's like when you complain about that who gonna believe you mm-hmm. you know you yep. stripper, so your family probably probably disown you or something or you don't talk yeah. to your family no more Nobody going to believe you because they just going to say you after money, which is already happening here, which is yeah. exactly why women don't come out in the first place. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, it's one of those things. And and like I said, I wasn't there, so I can't say for sure. But this is a lot of women coming out saying similar things. So mm-hmm. I, I'm on their side, yeah. regardless of how I feel about T.I. I would say the same thing if it was Jay-Z and Beyonce, man. If it was 19 women coming out saying some shit, yeah, would be like that. Hey, something, some yeah, something happened. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they're guilty, but something did go down. <laughs> Otherwise, 19 women wouldn't come out like that. Yes. But but I have to say I, I am looking forward to the day I don't have to see T.I.'s face anywhere <laughs> or hear his fucking voice and that fucking accent, try to say big words and mispronounce them. And I don't want to hear him. No, I don't want to see T.I. no more, man. I don't want, he needs to go somewhere. He's going to island that Russell Simmons went to when he got the cases and he yeah. had to leave. Yeah. Go over there, nigga. Yeah. Be done with you yeah. here. Atlanta don't need you no more. We don't need your podcast. Get on out of here, please. Take your music with you. If I can't listen to R. Kelly no more, y'all can't listen to, to T.I. no more, man. Okay? I have to say that. We got to bury T.I.'s discography, too. I'm sick of him, and I don't think his music was ever that hot to begin with. But all y'all T.I. music defenders, I hope you ready. Take your last listens, because if the cases come down, he's done. Cancel. I, I would disagree with that, man. I, th- I think it should be a fair game. <laughs> it should be no... 
it should be no exceptions because T.I. is, you know, you know, he got a couple good songs or mm-hmm. all that shit, man. If, if we got to cancel R. Kelly. We got to cancel T.I. music, too. Yes. Especially if all I, this shit is true. I agree, man. <laughs> and we we'll, will see. Like, we'll see if there's some court cases. I think I heard something about some people lawyering up and, and pressing charges. So we'll see where this goes, man. It, and even if it there's no charges pressed, like, it's still a lot of women, man. So yeah, we, we will see where this goes. But, yeah, <laughs> T.I., all y'all, all y'all motherfuckers who said T.I. was hot, and he, he his albums were good. And I was just a <laughs> hater for what I said. I hope you look at yourself in the mirror and you're disgusted with what you see. <laughs> defending an abuser, defending a rapist, defending a sexual predator. Look at you now. Sick ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Make me sick. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, speak, uh, you brought up Trey Songs. You see him at the Kansas City game getting in the fight? Oh, yeah. He choked <laughs> the shit out of a cop. <laughs> he had that motherfucker in the, in the chicken wing. Yes. Like, <laughs> he had him I in the full Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> the Cobra clutch, man. I was laughing, man. Like, what the fuck? How did things escalate? Like, there was no context to the clip. It just turned on and he's choking the shit and he won't let go. I'm yeah. like, yo, what the fuck? Everybody, there's like 20 people trying to get him to let go. He won't let go. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck happened. That cop should that. lose his badge for that, man. How did you let somebody get you in that chokehold like that? Trey Songs. Trey Songs, like what, 5'3? Like, he ain't tall. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you a security guard getting choked the fuck out by Trey Songs, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, at a Chiefs game. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what was he doing in the Chiefs game in the first place like that? <laughs> well, that was hilarious, man. <laughs> oh, man. All right, y'all. Y'all know it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy week in Houston sports again. Like, we say that every week, but every <laughs> week it gets crazier. Like, every time you think it's going to die down a little bit, it ramps up to an even higher level than we thought was possible. And now I think we're at the precipice of the the uh, issues with the Houston Texans right now. And so we had to bring in a special guest, friend of the show. Second week in a row, we've had a former Texan on, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the man that may help make our previous guest great. Mm-hmm. Um, protecting him, making sure he could he could get off on, on his line of scrimmage. He, he so, shouted y'all out, too. He shouted y'all out in the podcast, too. He said he had to he play did. for his boys. I see it from his uh, NFL network headquarters over here. (laughs) We've got the the, the great Wade Smith is joining us to help us break down and make sense of what's going on with the Houston Texans. Uh, First off, real quick welfare check, man. How you how you been? I know you've probably been tapped in a lot, you know, tapped in for a lot of comment uh, since it's very, very hot around the Houston Texans right now. And everybody wants to know how players, former and current, are feeling about it. But how you been personally, man? I've been good, man. Uh, you know, family been doing good. We had a we had a little COVID uh, quarantine session that we had to do for a couple of weeks because a couple of my couple of my 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 seeds came down mm-hmm. with it and so they they ended up getting through it in two weeks and and they're back to normal now but we had to quarantine they they basically had their own apartment for for a couple of weeks and, and got um room service and all that type of stuff and <laughs> um it, it sucked but it, it it worked out good for us because they they didn't really have any you know bad symptoms most of their symptoms that they had was mostly like 
you know, what you would have just from allergies and stuff like that. And so, um, and then nobody else in the family caught it. So besides that, we've been good, man. We, we're trying to be as normal as possible under the circumstances and, and stuff is starting to become normal now, like going to academy to get my daughter some soccer, soccer cleats and you just get out your vehicle and everybody's walking around in masks. People ain't tripping. It's not, you know, you know, you see sometimes like the little the, the viral <laughs> stuff that'll be on, 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 on the internet and it's people mm-hmm. in Walmart and they holding marches and take your mask off. It's fine. I, I have never experienced anything like I haven't experienced anything like that so far. And we're in Texas. It's not like there's, I'm sure there's, there's a, a good amount of people down here that wouldn't, that don't want to wear a mask and think it's all uh, fake or whatever it may be, but people are, respecting one another and, and wearing their masks it's becoming normal and so uh you know any chance i get to take it off when i'm at the crib in the car whatever like that i do but um you know that's kind of the, the really thing the only thing that's really abnormal is like when you go into any public entity you know it's, it's become normal now to put on your mask and expected to see everybody else in there like that but besides that man it's been straight very true, man. I, I got to say, though, I've seen a, a few uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, Lone Rebel type people yeah. at the H-E-B lately, man. I see a few. And it's always the old people, too, which gets me because, like, y'all the most vulnerable, but y'all <laughs> the ones over here riding around like outlaws, not wearing the mask, knowing you getting dirty <laughs> looks and not caring. But think about it like this. If you 65, 70 years old, whatever it may be, you don't live this long. What I know how my grandma is. She she been her eighty now. I know how my grandma is. You can't tell her nothing. So it's like if if she don't want to capitulate, she's not gonna capitulate. She they grown folks are grown, grown, yeah. grown. And so if if, if uh, listen, I ain't got much life left to live anywhere. I'm gonna live it the way I want to live it. I really can't get mad at that. But I ain't trying to walk near you. You know what I mean? I'm 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 gonna move this way, move that way, and keep go yeah. that way. Especially if you was at I, that I, damn uh, rally and shit <laughs> out in the boondocks with no mask. So. Yeah, <laughs> I understand that mindset, but at the same time, I'm like, COVID is a terrible way to die, man. Like yeah. it's very painful. Figgy had it. He said he felt like he was gonna go a few times, and he's young. So like, if I was <laughs> living that YOLO lifestyle, I, I I wouldn't want to get COVID to end it, man. I'd yeah. be like, I mean, think about that. Like, Sekou Smith, man, RP Sekou Smith, but yeah. like, mm-hmm. like, he's he was he's probably like forty five or something like that. He's he was like forty seven, yeah, he's a young dude, and yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it, tough, man. It, it's a it, lot of people. It it's a lot of people passing away these days. Yeah, and it hit people different, man. Like, I I ain't had no health problems. I ain't had no breathing problems, and I'm just now getting over the fact that I don't be out of breath now. Because it was, it really yeah. jacked up my lungs. So, and I, you know what you can do though? They got these little, they got these little machines. And they're real cheap too, like twenty, thirty dollars. You can get them online. It's like a breathing deal that you for people that go into surgeries. It's like a normal breathing thing. We got those for my daughters after mm. they had it, just to make sure they get their win back because they're athletes. But uh, Trap J told me about this because uh, mm. he he, he uh, knew about it from just his kids in the past. And he was like, get them on there doing regular breathing exercises like four times a day. Um, so, so Figgy, when we get done with this, I'm gonna yeah. shoot you. Yeah, uh, send me that. To what it was, because <laughs> it'll help you build your lung lung strength back up after you had it. Because you know that's a common 
uh, repercussion of getting COVID is is your your lung capacity drops and it, it makes you feel like you're out of breath a lot. So yeah, yeah, okay. Good look. And I've changed my mind. I'm now down with the vaccine. I talked to Arian Foster about it and he made sense. But all I'm saying, I heard the newest version is one you take in the butt. And I'm not taking that one, man. You ain't heard that there. They're talking about a vaccine. It's supposed to be more effective, but you take it up the butt. I'm not taking that. What do, vaccine. What do, you, mean, what do you mean by up the butt? You, you take it in your cheek? I, yes. And you're okay. behind. I didn't know if you said it was like it's a suppository or you Yeah, I, I believe it is. I believe something like that. I, I, I just thought, heard. I mean, if it's something like an injection in your cheek, that's one yeah, thing. That's, that's, got, that's I mean, normal. That was, that's normal. <laughs> you get tore it off. But he talking about a suppository, you're too old for that. So now nah, you're going to have to get a different type of yeah. That's something you do. That's Let's say for like three-year-olds and younger. Yeah, two year olds and younger. That's it. That's that's for the birds. Yeah, we got to figure out something else for the vaccine in that case. But anyway, uh, we we have digressed a little bit. Let's get back on topic, man. We got to talk about what everybody's interested in, what everybody's talking about nationwide. Music. Yes. (laughs) Okay, let's get our uh, Houston, Texas music going. Yeah. Okay, here we go. The classic NFL music. Okay, we we need more of like a a, a, a a what what's that show? Benny Hill. We I think the Benny Hill thing would more fit this <laughs> scenario right now. <laughs> but yes, uh, as everybody who's been following knows, the the Houston Texan situation has hit its precipice in fuckery. Basically, you know, the the we have a new head coach. And Deshaun Watson has apparently officially requested a trade to the front office. This apparently happened weeks ago. So let's get your reaction on the latter part first, Wade. Uh, Knowing that you have been with the Texans and you've been very open and honest about how they conduct business. uh, How surprised were you when you learned that Deshaun Watson wants out now? Um... This is the thing, man. Like I've been in the league and been around the league for so long that you've seen so much crazy stuff happen that being shocked by anything is you become numb to it. Like you've seen it. I feel like I've seen it all now. If they actually execute this trade and make it happen, it will be the first time that something like that has ever happened. But nothing surprises me in this league, man. You got to understand that you look at it from Deshaun Watson's perspective. He's been part of the organization, give everything he can to the organization. Um, He's he's played through injuries, played through broken ribs, ridden on buses, done everything the right way, played at a very, very high level. Um, but there's been decision making at the top that has been very at, at, at the best way you can put it has been as questionable, questionable at best. Um, realistically, there's been a lot of really bad decisions made when it comes to personnel um, on the roster for the Texans over the past three or so years since Deshaun has really been the starting quarterback. And so from his perspective, you think about what Deshaun always talks about. I want to be legendary. I want to, you know, I want to, he, all he knows is winning. And so he don't want to get used to being four and 12 and the moves that are being made puts you in a position that is very difficult to, to not be four and 12 or six and 10. And so and the reasoning, the apparent reasoning behind the decisions that are being made really causes you to take a step back and say, man, hold on, what are we, 
what's what 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 situation am I in right now? Do I need to get out of it? And so I think that's that's where you're seeing now where Deshaun is like, hey, um, it's not in my best interest to be here. I mean, a, a trust was broken. And people talk about, you know, Deshaun is an employee. He's supposed to, he has a contract. And that's completely true. He's an employee of the organization. He has a contract. Uh, you do have to understand this, though, is if somebody tells you they're going to do something and then they don't do it, there's a broken trust there. And if there's a broken trust there, I can't I can't expect you to go back and trust somebody to do it after you've broken the trust. And that's on like a just a man to man level. If you if, if, if Ryan and, and Figgy, I told you two days ago, whatever it was, I'm gonna come do this podcast with you. And then two o'clock come and I and I just don't show up. And then I don't answer my phone and I don't, and I don't do what I told you that I was going to do. Y'all should feel some type of way towards me because as a man, I told you, yeah, I can do that. Y'all could have made other arrangements if you if 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 I, you know, if I said that I couldn't do it, then you would have made other arrangements. But if I told you I'm going to do something, I'm supposed to do it. That's something that you learn as a little kid growing up. Your parents teach you that, you know, do what you say, say what you mean. And so they told him he's going to be involved in this process of as far as determining who the new GM and the head coach is going to be. They didn't do that. So at that point, why should he trust anything they say going forward? Especially when, when you're listening to all the reports, basically what happened was, is when, when DeAndre Hopkins was traded last year, he, 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 he was upset last year and wasn't taking any calls from them because he felt like y'all just took my best player from me. My, and we're supposed to be trying to build and get better. And you're taking away my best player. And you ain't even tell me nothing about it. I'm hearing about it on Twitter. People calling me out the blue, like, hey, man, they just traded hop. He probably like, nah, ain't, why would, they wouldn't do that. And that's exactly what they did. Now, Deshaun got a rude awakening to understand that this is a business and teams are going to do what they're going to do. Well, with that in mind, I'm sure when he signed his deals, he kept in mind, like, listen, let me make sure I put myself in a position. If they get to start acting crazy again, I can protect myself because hell, if they can trade hot, why wouldn't they trade? Why couldn't they trade me? You understand? So you put a no trade clause in the in the in the uh, the contract to where if they try to do something crazy and trade me for whatever reason that doesn't make sense, then I can protect myself and make sure that I go where I want to go, where I, where it's good for me to go. And so you add all that stuff together, and this is this is here we sit. It's business. Fans look at it. It's personal to fans, and I understand that completely. I understand that because I'm a fan of the team. I want to see them win. You trade away Deshaun Watson, the chances of you winning go go down damn near impossible. It's going to take you a while to, to build back up to where you get there. And this team in 2019 wasn't that far away. People will people can debate that, but they weren't that far away. They were up 24 nothing on the road against the Chiefs, and then they threw the game away because of bad decision making. And amongst other things, but it just it, it just doesn't make sense to me that people would really blame Deshaun for handling business. And and this situation that he's in is unprecedented from the decisions that the organization has, has made. There has been no other organization that has put 
traded away so many of their best players and got so little in return over a short period of time. And the person that is supposedly the one behind making it happen wasn't held accountable. And that's the big problem. If you're an organization and you feel like, like that, that's one of the one things I really, not one of the one things, a lot of things that I love about the NFL is you get held accountable. If you produce, you will play. If you don't produce, you will sit or you will be doing a different profession. I can respect that. It's either you either do or you get done. All right. If all these moves were made by people that are higher ups and Bill O'Brien gets let go, then everybody that was involved in making those decisions is supposed to get let go. You get mm-hmm. held accountable for your actions. That's not what's going on here. And so with that being the case, now, now, if I'm a person that has a leverage to get out of a situation like that, like I don't want to be in a place where people don't get held accountable for, for them doing things incorrectly, because if that's the case, then I don't trust the, I can't, how can I trust the people that are making decisions of people to play in front of me, behind me, beside me, because they might not necessarily even held themselves accountable. That's like the, there's like a unwritten rule that holds everything together that in this business, you're laying it on the line and I have to do my job and I expect the person next to me to do their job. And if they don't do their job, they'll get somebody else to replace them. And for players, it's seeming like that's that's going on and with the head coach that's going on, but it's not going on everywhere in, in, the, in, the, in the, the organization. And that being the case, um, it causes problems. And, and this is where we sit. I feel you. It seems like you're you're kind of alluding to the Jack Easterby thing. And that's a question I kind of had, too, because I kind of wonder because you hear a lot. This is the man who uh, apparently survived Bill O'Brien. He was a part of the regime, part of the the decision crew that made controversial decisions like trading DeAndre Hopkins, not getting the first round pick for things like that. You would assume he would be gone once Bill O'Brien is gone. He seems to have gotten more power. And that's what seems to throw people off. We've had two Sports Illustrated reports about him uh, claiming various negative things about him just being a toxic presence in the organization. But Cal McNair seems to like him. So with Cal McNair, if you cool with him, you in there. So I want to ask you, because I know you still talk to people and you've got resources. Like, is a little bit of the Jack Easterby thing kind of overblown or is it actually accurate for the most part? And you know, the the fact that he is a, a, a I don't want to say a cancer, but a toxic presence in the uh, the organization right now. Well, I'll say this. He definitely is a highly influential person in the organization. Highly influential. He negotiated Deshaun Watson's contract. And this is not inside information. This is they go up at a press conference and say Jack Easterby was was um, essential critical in the 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 putting together the contract for Deshaun Watson he was instrumental in making it happen he did that so understand that we're in a situation right now that Deion that Deshaun Watson wants out and he has a no trade clause in his contract that was negotiated by Jack Easterby that's a problem you if if you negotiate contracts with no trade clauses in it and then the person that you put give that that leverage to um bucks the fact that you negotiated in a contract, that's a problem. Like that's some that is a negative check on your ledger. You, you look at his um bio on the website, it says that he's instrumental in putting the team together. 
the personnel together. That means he was instrumental in the decision making and putting together the team that went out there and went four and twelve. That's a problem. Now the other person that was instrumental in that is not here. He still is. That's a problem. So if if, if you're not holding everybody accountable, that causes problems within the organization. There's a lot of people in that organization that have been there for a long time, way before Easterby got there, that are leaving the organization. And it's not just in one part of the organization, it's all over the organization where people are being sent away and leaving. And that causes problems for the people that have been here throughout and people that, that you know, and it's not like these people were, were not widely recognized as good at their jobs. You know, if Jay, according to reports, John McClain is saying Jamie Roots is not going to be back. That's crazy to me. Like Jamie Roots has been there since the beginning. But because of interactions with, you know, Easterby or whatever, he's going to apparently he's not going to be coming back. That's crazy. That's that's a problem. Now you have to replace that person in the organization. Um, you know, you got the Amy Palsic firing. You got all these different things that have gone on over the past. You look at the two Sports Illustrated articles that you put out there when they when they what you mentioned earlier, when they came out, my thoughts on them was. This could very well be 100% false, both of these, right? But especially that first, it could be 100% false. But it doesn't matter because the perception is, is that it's true, one, and two, there's multiple people within the organization that feel this way. And if that's the case, how can you continue to function in an organization where people are uncomfortable with the people that are at the highest of positions in the organization and think that, it's going to work out if the if the the top if the head is not right then everything underneath it is going to suffer and if you're saying all right the head they might not think it's right we are right we're going to get everybody out that doesn't think it's right that means there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be leaving the organization if that's the case if you're Deshaun Watson that means with all this train change and transition that doesn't compute to wins that doesn't compute to a, a, a happy work environment that doesn't compute to a place that I necessarily want to be. And so this is where we sit. I mean, I just perception becomes reality. And there's, there's too much, there's too many things in those articles that came out that were really, really bad looks, really, really bad um, business and they weren't refuted. And there's been certain things in those articles that have been refuted directly by Jack Easterby. But there's been a lot of things that weren't refuted. And, and it's not coming from just one source. It's not from a player or two. It's not from a front office person or two. It's, it's, it's like coming from every angle that you could imagine. And so with that being the case, it's like, you know, it, how, do you, how do you expect it to work if you have that type of um, that type of feeling within a building? How do you expect the building to function properly? And they're trying to do things to fix that and correct that. Um, but if you're Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, do you want to hang around to figure it out to see if it's going to work with the organization that you don't trust, that has shown you that they are, are untrustworthy when it comes to their dealings with you and other people? So and the owner doesn't apologize to a player if he didn't do wrong, Right. Like that, that, that has been reported that he apologized to, to Deshaun. It hasn't been disputed that he apologized. If he apologizes because he did something wrong, 
you can apologize to a person, but that doesn't mean that they don't want to be with you anymore. I mean, you think about any relationship, if 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 you cheat on your girl and, and, and she find out you cheat on her, you can apologize all you want, but she might still leave your ass. Mm-hmm. And you can't be mad if she do. You can't be mad if she wants to, to, to get out. And it goes vice versa. Any man that has a, a his girl cheat on him and you would, would you expect him to forgive her and stay? <laughs> I mean, a lot of this, thing, it comes down to breaking trust. They talk about it all the time. It's, a, it's business. Trust and relationships are, are so important when it comes to this business because everything is so, the, the, the difference between being a champion and being good and being average and being bad and being trash is not that much. And so if you don't have trust for the people in the organization, you 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 can't succeed in that way. And and so um, this is where we sit. We sit in a situation where there's a there's a lot of broken trust. Um, they're bringing in new pieces to try to to reestablish, reestablish that trust. But I can't expect Deshaun to forgive and forget. I can't expect them to. That would be great if he did that. But I can't expect them to just like I couldn't expect that woman to forgive that man if he broke her trust and vice versa. I, I can't expect him to. It would be great. It would be like a, a nice, it would be a, you know, a, a heartfelt, heartwarming story that they were able to get over that and get together. And and people say, well, he, he signed the contract. He don't have to play. Nobody can make you do anything you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that is the beautiful thing about this country. You, you can't make me do I don't, anything I want to do. So you sign the contract, but the contract is I either play for you or I don't play at all. The contract doesn't say I have to play football these days. And if not, I go to jail. Like, no, it's, hey, if I don't play football, I got to pay you back some of this money I owe. And that's it. And I can't play nowhere else. And and apparently Deshaun has gotten to the point where he said, I'd rather do that than to, to stay in this relationship. And you can think of many people that get divorced in life. They'll get to a point where I don't care how much money I lose. I'm not going to sleep in the bed with this person ever again. I'm I'm not I'm I'm done. They broke they broke my trust. And so and I'm kind of that type of person. I'm a Taurus. Taurus we optimistic <laughs> tail. But once you cross us and you and you done. And my wife is the same way. She's a Virgo. You you cross once you cross us, you done. It's yeah. like I can move on. And we can do this some. I I I can do bad by myself. I don't need to be with you. And you doing me this way. So I think this is where we is. Do you think um, if they were to let go of Jack Easterby early on, do you think Deshaun would have even requested the trade? And um, uh, a couple days ago, they introduced the coach, uh, David Cully, 65-year-old David Cully. And mm-hmm. I noticed he, right after that, that's when he requested the trade. Do you think it was a possibility he was – they said he requested the trade three weeks ago, but – do you think it's a possibility that he was probably trying to see if they would hire the uh, enemy to to see? And once he seen who they hired, then it was like, all right, make this public. No, I, I don't think it's, it was that at all. That was something that we was hoping was the case because we didn't know exactly what went into the decision making. For the Texans to choose Cully, that lets you know that, first of all, they already knew. They knew that they had, that he had requested a trade a few weeks ago. Mind you, a few weeks ago was when the whole press conference for Casario went down. Mm -hmm. So apparently it was right around that time that that press conference for Casario's happened, he officially requested a trade, right? Um, 
And so they're interviewing all these candidates and they're interviewing these candidates and they know that they got a problem with Deshaun that they got to fix. Um, and so it was, I don't think it was a scenario where Deshaun was holding out hope because they were saying throughout the time, it doesn't matter what coach they choose. Um, I'm, I'm gone. Now, yeah. the, your question about if they would have fired Easterby, you know, a long time ago, I think it depends on how long ago they did it. If they did it, um, if they did it right at the end of the season, like right when the season ended, if they would if they would have fired Easterby at that point, I think there would be a good chance that Deshaun Watson wouldn't have uh, he wouldn't have put in a, a request for a trade because. Everything that I've gathered is Jack Easterby is trying to install a certain vision. And this is his words. This is a certain word. These are, these are coming from his words. He's trying to install a certain vision within the organization. And I'm not mad at that vision because a lot of the, a lot of the things that um, that vision entails, there's good within it. The problem is, is that that good within that vision it eliminates so many of the people that you could possibly fit into that box that you want to put people in, right? And some people are in that box and they enjoy being in that box and they thrive in that box and that's fine, but not everybody fits into that. And so by you eliminating a certain subset of people, now it makes your margin for error that much smaller. It makes it that much difficult for you to operate in a business where everybody else is not working under those same sense of those same set of constraints that you have. Like if, if you're telling me that out of a hundred dudes, there's only 40 of them that fit our type of guy. That's a problem, especially when out of those hundred, 85 of those guys are actually good people. Like they're actually good people, but they don't fit into exactly what we need that that 40 people and some of these numbers i'm not being specific with these numbers but i'm just trying to give you a general idea of how how much that makes it more difficult for you to be successful if you're telling me you'd rather have david johnson in the building instead of deandre hopkins i don't think you understand ball i don't think you understand what it takes to win in the nfl if you would rather have jacob martin and barkevius mingo as opposed to Jadavion Clowney in your building I don't think you understand what it means to 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 win in this league. I think that you want to make a utopia within your organization and it and it permeate throughout the entire city and, and be a beacon of light for the entire league to say, hey, we can do it this way and win. And that would be great if you could do that. But the chances of that happening are are damn near impossible. And it's damn near impossible. It's never been done before. And you didn't have the people in the building to like make that happen like why 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 would you not try to trade if you're going to trade deandre hopkins to arizona why not try to get buddha baker in a first round draft pick in the process mm -hmm. instead of david johnson you know buddha baker is one of the best safeties in the league you need help on defense you're letting safeties go why would you not make that trade that's a good value trade you're not getting value back in return you're going to it's going to cost you it's going to it's going to translate to what goes on on the field you could have everybody is you know, gung-ho and and the right type of guy that's going to go 120% every day. But if they're not good enough in this league, it don't matter. If you don't got enough guys that can be playmakers and 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 win their one-on-one -on -one matchups, you're not going to win. I don't care how disciplined you are because this, this is not high school football to where if I run the wishbone, 
against a team that got a bunch of, of five-star recruits <laughs> and they're undisciplined, we can beat them. Nah, because a lot of these dudes like DeAndre Hopkins that, that because, you know, th these guys that, these guys work extremely hard. They're hardworking guys as well. They run disciplined routes as well. They just might not kiss the ring. They might mm -hmm. not feel like that they need to kiss the ring and, and capitulate to what you want them exactly to do. If you eliminate those guys from your roster, your ass is not going to win. And so that's 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 kind of where we sit right now. I mean, they 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 brought in some people that like Nick Casario is a legitimate GM in this league. Like he he has the pelts on the wall. You understand that he has a process that he puts together to to evaluate and bring in players. But I don't think the same sense set of constraints that it's looking like he's going to have here in Houston is the same that he had in New England. Because in New England, they didn't have they've been they've had a bunch of guys in New England mm -hmm. that have been not fitting in that specific box that it seems like that it, that from all evidence they're trying to create here in Houston. <laughs> and so I mean it's, it it seems like to me is that Easterby is kind of working unchecked and he's fully like a hundred percent all in on this vision. And it's it's dangerous. Because it's like the more people criticize him, the more he believes that he's right. Because a lot of the stuff he says is like, usually the hard way is the right way. The hard choice is usually the right choice. Um, the more people persecute you, and these are all these are all biblical principles. Like the more people persecute you, the more that you're doing things the right way. And it's like, no, it's not that deep. It's like, no, you just like, this is incorrect. One plus one does equal two. Just because, just because you think one plus one is three, and because a bunch of people will tell you like, no, 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 it's actually two. That doesn't mean that you're right and you figured out some new math. Like, nah, bro, like one plus one is two. So if you get rid of these players and you don't get back players in return, you're going to not be able to win ball games. And this is, and, and so this is where we are. I don't even remember the original question. I talk about <laughs> yeah. like crazy. Uh, I feel you. That shit and crazy. it's just all of these different decisions that have been made had led, led us to this point. That's why this is unprecedented. That's why unprecedented. You won't you don't see quarterbacks do this and feel like they need to protect themselves from something like this because organizations in my bad figgy, but the Cleveland Browns have made a lot of <laughs> bad decisions, right? But they have not strung together a set of bad decisions with great players and just jettisoned them from the franchise. They don't mm -hmm. do that. Yeah, you know I mean, I just they they their decision making is really bad. It has to do with like the coaches they choose. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I kind of look at I kind of look at that as more as bad luck. They just the, yeah. the one thing I do appreciate about the Browns is they at least try something different. Like right. they tried the Patriots way, they tried the Andy Reid way, they they tried all type of way. They did the money ball, the Powerball shit, the tank. Yeah. They tried was, all type that was with of Sashi with Sashi Brown. Yeah, Sashi Brown that, and De Palista. That's, that's how the Texans got Deshaun, because Sashi Brown. You know, yeah. Brown. <laughs> yeah, they tried all type of ways. So I can at least give them that. They didn't stick their guns out and say, hey, let's keep Freddie Kitchen, Kitchen, even though all these players don't really fuck with them like that. And yeah. yeah, that's the one thing I do appreciate. But with the Texans, it seemed like they don't care what other people think. They just they want to get this culture in the building. And if you don't and like it, you out. <laughs> And there's something to be said for that. You shouldn't care what people say outside the building. 
But what you should care is what the people that you do business with say about what you're doing inside the business. Because mm-hmm. when Bill O'Brien and, and Easterby were at the helms and making deals, other teams was like, oh, we're going to take advantage of this. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they became the mark. They were the mark in the league. Oh, yeah. we, can, we can get over on them. We can hustle them out of this. We can hustle them out of that. And that's exactly what happened. It started with the clowny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. made that trade and I was like, they traded for who and for what? <laughs> and then they then they try to they try to explain it away like, no, nah, this Jacob Martin kid, mm-hmm. he he he's a Jacob Martin is a fast twitch guy. He <laughs> goes 110 miles an hour every play. But you don't trade Jadavion Clowney for Jacob Martin. Mm-hmm. You just you don't do that and expect to improve as a franchise. Yeah. You just don't do that. You know what I mean? You don't you don't spend what you spent on Randall Cobb when nobody else on the market was going to give him that deal. Why give him that money if nobody else is going to give him that money? That's bad business. If you if you if you do bad business, you will get bad results in your in what you produce. And and that's that's what happened with the Texans. So Deshaun is probably like man and JJ and it's a bunch of cats trying to get out of it. And 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 to think about it, think about this. JJ and them was thinking things were going to be all right once they got Bill O'Brien out the building. But the main person that was the Kaiser Sose, the, uh, the uh, Peter Baelish, little finger, yeah, the little finger, like <laughs> he, he was the one conducting it all along. And so getting Bill O'Brien out there, that didn't make any difference. So. I mean, they wanted to get Nick Casario two years ago. Yeah, it just was handled badly. Yeah, I, I, I wish you could go back in time, and they actually bring in Nick Casario and see if things would be as bad as they are now. Because I feel like if Nick Casario was in the building, they would have traded away the same people, but they would have gotten value back, and so that the team would not be in such a disarray. And that's the problem. They, yeah. they did a double whammy by trading away your best players and not getting enough value back and so here we sit yeah and on top of the people they signed they probably wouldn't sign an eric murray for that much money or yeah. yeah or randall Cobb for that much money why why trade for why trade for duke johnson and not use them like you should use duke johnson mm-hmm. that's that's part of being an issue between the front office moves and the actual coaching and your scheme and how you utilize the moves that have been made not being on the same page or not being able to follow through with the plan. If you follow through with the plan, then those deals make sense. Duke Johnson is a good football player. He's worth a third or fourth round pick if you use him right. But if you don't use him right, then that's another, that becomes a potential good decision becomes a bad decision. Mm -hmm. You sign an Eric Murray, Eric Murray is the dude that you're supposed to sign for like four years and $12 million. He's like a three or four, maybe $5 million. you think Eric Murray is a better player than Tashawn Gibson? Tashawn, Tashawn Gibson got a, a a much more effective deal than that, but he got his deal when Brian Gain was a GM. Mm-hmm. When Brian Gain was a GM, he brought in Tashawn Gibson. That's the thing. So, if you go back in time, Tashawn Gibson was signed here, and they let they let uh, Ty Matthew go because they wasn't going to pay Ty yeah, Matthew. They weren't going to pay that. Yeah, that's 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 a good business. Mm-hmm. Matthew was a great player. For Kansas City, but he—I don't think he was going to be a great player for Houston because of schematically, it just didn't fit, right? So that's a good move. All right, you you let him go, you bring in Tashawn Gibson. Tashawn Gibson comes in, plays as a—he's a solid safety. He gets a little banged up. Then there's an issue between him and the coaches, and then they sit him out 
in the AFC Championship game when and he was healthy to go. And if he plays, maybe there's a little bit of difference what happens in that in that division round game. Maybe they don't give up 51 straight points or whatever it ended yeah. up being. That, Maybe that, that was supposed to be the guy that w. checked um, Kelsey. <laughs> huh? He was supposed yeah, to he, be the he, guy that checked Kelsey. He was brought in specifically <laughs> to check Kelsey. And when they played him the first time that season, he did a good job against Kelsey. <laughs> but then when you get to, because of ego, because of stubbornness, nah, we, we'll, we'll, we'll play him without you. We don't need you. And then they sent his ass away. So now you lost Matthew and you lost Gibson, the guy that was the 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 guy that was bringing you value because you saved on the money you spent him, and he still played at a at a level like Ty Matthews' season wasn't any better than Tashawn uh, Gibson's season that he had. So that means okay, cool, you saved that bread and you got the same amount of pr- production from the safety position. So that's a good look, good job, Brian Gain. But then you get Brian Gain out of here. And then it's like, all right, we're going to get Tashawn Gibson out of here, too. So you get him out of here, too. We'll bring in Eric Murray. He's he's more versatile. He's going to help us in that way. <laughs> versatility is you have to you have to be really good at something before versatility becomes a strength for you. Mm-hmm. If you if you are not good at one thing first, then that versatility doesn't do any good because that means you're going to put you at a bunch of different places, but you're going to struggle at all of them. So how's how's that bringing value to to when it comes to winning and losing ball games? And so they they've just made so many decisions like that that have put them in a position that their defense was the worst in the league and and they stat wise it was like the worst defense in like thirty years or like fourth worst in like thirty years. That's crazy. Like you you have to really try to have a defense that bad. And by their moves, they did, though. You let DJ Reader walk. You let Kareem Jackson walk. Don't even offer him a contract. Mm-hmm. Kareem Jackson has been balling since mm-hmm. he left, and he was balling when he was here. Why do you not let that – why do you not keep him? Mm-hmm. It just they, – they made so many bad decisions, and, and, and here we sit. You brought up a few things that, that kind of mirror what Arian said last week. I think are pretty interesting. Um, one is the fact that he – at an early part of his career, he kind of divorced himself from the wins and losses. He viewed the NFL as a business because he realized that's what it is. You know, and you, you said that Deshaun has probably realized that too. Um, and, and he kind of divorced himself from the wins and losses. Like as long as he did the best he could, he wasn't too marred up in the wins and losses. So I am interested in, in how the players feel about what Deshaun Watson's doing right now. Because we know there are a few Texans who are very vocal on social media. Um, they send cryptic tweets, but we know what they're referring to usually. People like uh, Charles uh, uh, Charles Omenu, who, friend of the show, by the way, had him on previously. And Lonnie Johnson has commented well as well. It appears they had no idea any of this was going on because they kind of at first said it was all cap. They said, y'all making a big deal out of nothing. Y'all just saying, you know, what well, that media is going crazy. But now it seems like they're starting to slowly sink in the fact that, you know, this is real. Deshaun is leading the team. And I, I know a lot of players just view the NFL as a job. You do your best, you get a paycheck, and you're out of here. But I think a few are a little more invested in the wins and losses. You know, J.J. Watt gets up after a loss and he looks like his dog just died. You know, like he takes it very personal, it seems like. So... What do you think? I know you've been in the locker room. How do you think 
the locker room. Like, do you think anybody in there is looking at this? And I'm not trying to paint Deshaun as a bad guy. We know he's not. But do you think there are any guys in there who might look at what he's doing and saying, you know, you quitting on the team, you quitting on us, you're supposed to be our leader? You think anybody's thinking that way right now? There's for sure people that think that way, but you can't paint an entire locker room with a broad brush. There's a lot of people that that come from different backgrounds, have a different perspective on life, a different perspective on business, a different perspective on what goes on in the locker room. I'm sure there is a, a handful, maybe a, a two or three handful of guys on the team that look at Deshaun and say, like, man, you, you let, you're letting me down or, you know, I need you here, all those type of things. But the greater majority of guys understand that it's a business. They understand all of the decisions that have been made. They've been here right along. It's not like players are immune to knowing that, all right, the front office is messing up. Like, y'all fucking up right now. Like, what the hell are y'all doing? Y'all trade, why y'all, y'all trade a hot? Like you don't think, you don't think when the Texans traded or, or let Glover Quinn go and then brought in Ed Reed, people wasn't looking like what, what the fuck are we doing, dog? When they trade when they traded away D'Amico Ryan's and brought in Brady James, people wasn't like what, what the fuck are we doing, dog? And you and you'll say that for a second, but at the end, of the, but then it's like man, what the fuck are we doing, man? They tripping, and then you go on and do your job. That that's just how it is. It, it's not something to where you you dwell on it all day every day and because you can't control it just like when Aaron was talking about the whole wins and losses thing like I don't agree with that he was he was better than me to be able to divorce himself from that feeling and thinking back to it I mean I I, I hear him saying that but I've, I've been there through some of those losses and the way he reacted to him and he, he was I mean I don't know what year he's describing where he felt like, you know, he didn't really bother him anymore, but he was pissed at a couple of losses. Some of them just hurt, dog. Like a lot, a lot of, some of them losses hurt, bro. And I was there, we was there all together experiencing that, them losses together. Like, let's not, let's not get it twisted. A lot of cats care about winning and losing, especially when you're on a team that has a chance. Like if you're on a competitive team, you really feel like that you can win you you care more than a person that's on a team that's trash and like shit we can't win anyway because you have to you have to figure out a way to function at a high level and if you take everything to heart it will destroy your mental ability to to function and work you know what i mean so you you gotta be able to compartmentalize it and say hey i did my job and that's all i can do and i can't control the stuff that's around me so I'm just going to continue to do my job. It's the same way when the front office does something that's crazy and you say, well, they tripping, but I can't control what they do in the front office. So I'm going to continue to do my job. Um, that's what you have to do in those scenarios, but there's going to be people for sure that, that'll look at Deshaun. It's not going to be many, but it's going to be a couple people here and there to look at it. Like, man, you know, you signed the contract, bro. Like I need you here. I can't believe you would do this or whatever, because, um, some people are lame. Some people, I mean, real talk, some people are lame. Some people don't understand business. Some people don't understand, uh, and I don't want to just call them lame, but some people are Some people are um, easily swayed or some people will just buy in wholeheartedly and say, um, hey, it's all about, it's all about this, this logo. You know, it's all about this team or whatever it is. And and, and to a certain extent, you have to have that type of mentality to fully become a team and win big. 
You know what I mean? You have to be able to to have that type of mentality to have success on this level. And so it's kind of a, it's like a double-edged sword and it's, it's a catch-22 because like in one respect, you know it's a business and you know that at any moment they can cut your ass. But if you don't fully buy into this, this organization that at any moment can cut your ass, you're not going to be successful. You might have some individual success, but you're not going to win as a team because you need enough people to buy in in order for you to have success. So it's kind of the, it's kind of the, uh, the dichotomy when it comes to playing in the NFL. That's just, that's just what it is. Oh, uh, oh you know, about to say something. I, 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 I was just going to call out like, that's very true. And I do think, uh, and maybe I read this wrong. I don't want to cause no drama or speculate, but Charles Amina, who did, had a uh, a tweet after Figgy posted a clip, basically the clip about Aaron Foster saying, you know, him divorcing himself from wins and losses somewhat. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. He, and he said he gave his all for himself and his teammates. Mm-hmm. But Amina, who did have a tweet basically saying, you can't just be playing this game for the money and the fame. It has to come from somewhere deeper. I don't know if he was referring refer, referring to that, that, that clip that Figgy posted. Maybe it came across his timeline, but... Yeah, I, I figured it, I, I, every player cares if you win or lose to some degree. You might not; it might not ruin your whole day, but every everybody in the NFL wants to win, you know. So yeah, I think I understand. it. People are competitors. You're not. You can't be as good as Arian Foster was without being a competitor. Exactly. So if you're a competitor, you play to win, whatever the fuck you do. Like when he does his music. He tries to do his best at his music because he don't want his music to be trash. You understand? He's going to go out there and ball because he doesn't want to be considered trash. He wants to win. So, but what I think he's referring to with the whole wins, wins and losses things is like, I'm not going to allow us losing a game when, when I did everything I could to win this game and the people around me did everything we could to win this game. But for whatever reason, we, we didn't get it done or it didn't happen. I can't allow this to override my well-being and my mental capacity to function on a mm-hmm. day in and day out basis. Like I can't do that. I mean, if you look at, and I guess a good example of this is how people were so like, damn, JJ just seemed like he's mad at the world. Like every day he comes in here, he's mad at the world. JJ was mad at the world more, not because they were losing, but why they were losing. Like. Yeah. If that compounds it, like when when people are asking them questions about how can the defense get better and all this technique and all this technique shit and fundamentals, bro, I don't care what kind of fundamentals you have. If you're not good enough, if you're not good enough, all the fundamentals in the world is just make you die a slow death. But you're still going to die because you don't got you cannot. It is they, it's dogs on the other side of the line. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like this is one like this is the best of the best of the best. And if you ain't got enough players, then you don't have a chance. And so he has to sit up there at a press conference every day and say, yeah, you know, we got to play better. I got to do this better and all that type of shit. But he like, y'all fuckers, let y'all let run. (laughs) We can't stop the run. And the best, like, four or five run stoppers we had in this organization, y'all traded away or let go. Kareem Jackson, widely known as the best tackling DB in the league for years, for 10 years now, gone. Jadavion Clowney, his best trait was being able to stop the run. DJ Reader, his best trait was to be able to stop the run. You let these guys go out the building, and then all of a sudden you you you're confused of why they can't stop the run. 
<laughs> and if you can't stop the run in the NFL, your ass will be a trash defense. Yeah. You can't if you can't stop the run, that means that th- these offenses are gonna run a train on you and you can't do nothing to stop it. <laughs> and so yeah, he's pissed off and frustrated every day, but it wasn't just because he was losing, it was because why they were losing and because and how they were losing. They were losing because his side of the ball couldn't hold up. And they couldn't hold up because they let people go and they didn't replace them with people that could play. And that's the that's the quickest way to piss off any veteran football player that has been there, done that, and seen a, a bunch. One of the two of the moves that pissed me off the most as a Houston Texan was trading away Derrico Ryans mm. and replacing him with Brady James and then letting Glover Quinn go and bringing in Ed Reed. Those moves didn't make sense because neither one of those players at that point in their career could play at the level as those guys that you had on the roster that you let go away or sent away. So now it makes it more difficult for us to win as a team. And everything in you says, well, fuck it, I'm going to put the team on my back. We're going to get it done ourselves anyway. And when you step back and you really look at it, you say, damn, dog, why do we do that? You know what I mean? And so that that's, that's just... You don't want to have to live life like JJ, where JJ is pissed off every day. Fans might say that's what we want. We what we want. Mm-hmm. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want the players to come shoot up the building? Like, do you want <laughs> the players to 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 self medicate? Like, is that what you want? Because you care so much that that if you continue to care that much, those are the type of things that you do to cope with it. You understand? And so that that is that's not healthy. And it's and it's it's uh, it's an unhealthy way of, of living your life, and so that's why they talking about now JJ trying to find a way out of here. Yeah, he don't. Why would he want to be around this type of environment? Mm-hmm. Like he he understands what it's like to be in a good environment. He was hoping that was going to change when Bill O'Brien got fired. It didn't. So for him to want to leave, it's because he wants to be able to go to work and be happy. I think everybody watching this podcast, that's listening to this. <laughs> wants to be able to go to work and be happy. And if you could figure out a way to make that happen, you would make that happen for yourself. So why look at somebody else some negatively if they have the ability to do that? I, that's just weird. That's like a, a, a misery loves company type of mentality. Yeah, your fans are largely hypocrites, man. And, and me and Figure were talking about this earlier before the podcast, how you know all these people are talking about, I stand with Deshaun. Um, we were with Deshaun. We support Deshaun. Once Deshaun has made it known, he removed all the Houston Texans thing from his social media. And he was on a versus last night uh, with, uh, I believe Vick. it was against Michael Vick. I guess versus is doing like NFL battle for some reason. They, I don't know. They're they doing, they doing it because of the but, Pro Bowl. There's no But it's Pro not Bowl. even really, it's not a battle. Well, the the, the hop one in Jalen Rance, it's like battles, but it's like all in good fun. It ain't like, yeah. it ain't like Gucci and Jeezy. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but it's an interesting thing they got going on. Yeah, it's cool. But Deshaun Watson went against like Michael Vick and uh, Deion Sanders asked real quick, you know, and and he kind of Deshaun Deion asked him about, you know, I'm he basically just said, I'm excited to know where you're going. I guess they had a uh, a restriction where he couldn't really ask about the trade or the Texans period. But Deshaun kind of laughed it off and like, man, like hit hit my line. I'll tell you what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and now fans are turning like so now fans are exposing that they only supported Deshaun Watson for selfish reasons. Really, you know, you liked him because he was on your team. And now that he's doing what's best for him, you don't like him no more. So 
whatever fan y'all 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 goofy for that that's that's part for the course though now they they not goofy i mean they goofy if you stand on the table one minute and then the next minute you like fuck them okay you goofy for that <laughs> but the idea that a fan will support the person that plays on their team and if they're not on a team anymore not on a team anymore then they don't really support them anymore that's just the way things are you know, like to me, it is it is the exception when fans will support you regardless. And usually the ones that will support you regardless is the ones that interacted with you away from the game. Yeah. And they found out that you was a good person. And so wherever you go, they're going to support you. And that's more of a, you know, a personal one-on-one -on -one level. And to me, that's more genuine anyway. But I mean, yeah. if, it, if if you don't play for my team, why am I, why am I capping for you? Like, why yeah. am I, you know, because... Because fans watch games to say my team beat your team. They they accept the identity of the franchise in their city. My city versus your city. That's just it's the kind of the tribalistic way that human beings function, right? And so if you're not part of my tribe, if you ain't with us, then you then you against us. And so by Deshaun taking off the colors per se, then you know we're not rocking with you the problem the thing you have to ask yourself if you're a fan is why is he taking off the colors why is he taking off the colors why <laughs> this is the kid this is the same kid now don't get it twisted this is the kid that his first nfl check he gave to cafeteria workers nobody thought of that shit before mm -hmm. that's just the type of dude he is his yeah. first check he ever got in the league some people i've heard of them putting it on the wall and not cashing it i've heard of that i, I, I framed it and put it on the wall didn't didn't catch it i've heard of people I used my first check to, to pay for my mama's house. I invested my first check. This dude took his first check and gave it to the cafeteria workers because Hurricane Harvey just popped off and they, mm -hmm. they houses flooded and they needed help. This is the same dude. Yeah. So people that want to support him when he goes elsewhere, it's because of those type of things. They know this is a genuine dude. They know that the, the decisions that were made in the organization pushed them to this point. And so they go, and he's a hell of a football player, a hell of a dude. How can you not support him? That's like, you know, people that support LeBron wherever he goes, or people that would support Shaq wherever he goes. And it's not like they did all of the good things that he did at such a young age. Like since later, you know, LeBron has been really active and doing a lot of things that's good in the community. But rookie year coming off when he did that, when he when he did that, I said, man, this this kid gets it. Like <laughs> off the rip, like this kid gets it. Wearing the warm moon jersey his rookie year, walking into the into the building, the throwback warm moon. Come on, you paying homage off the rip in a in a generation where paying homage is not necessarily the first thought. I mean, I was like, okay, this kid gets it. And then playing with the broken ribs, like being supportive when he knew he should have started off the rip for for Tom Savage, just doing everything the right. He's did everything in the right way until he got lied to. The, the trust was broken and then he said you know what i'm done i i un, i personally understand that mentality wholeheartedly because i am the most optimistic person you're gonna come across i'm gonna look at somebody and say i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt i'm gonna look at the bright side but once you show me who you are and you tell them and, and you break that trust then i i will never i will never believe you again i'll never trust you again i might have to do business with you for whatever reason but you're gonna have the side eye the whole time. Like that's just, that's just, <laughs> I, I understand that. And so, you know, fans fans are gonna be mad regardless. They're gonna be mad because they no longer can say, um, 
we beat you because we got him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's 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 part for the course. I, I don't I don't look at them as goofy. I just look at them as like your fans. Yeah. And that's how, that's I, how fans. I are. just think it's the energy behind it, man. Because it ain't like it's just a, a a switch flip, and they just like shitting on Deshaun. Like, oh, you need to play. You're you signed the contract. They they saying all type of wild shit. But if JJ Watt come out there and, and do the same thing. It's like, oh, we're going to miss you, J.J., and you did so much for the city and all this other stuff. It's just like J.J. had a longer career here. He looks to be fair. That's true. I get what you're saying. That's true, but I just just hate seeing that, man, because like like you said, Wade, Deshaun did a lot of stuff. (laughs) He he did a lot of stuff at a young age. And and if if you're a real Texans fan and you looking and seeing what's going on, I I feel like you got to feel him at some point. Like this, this team is not getting better at all. And if he, if he feel like he need to move on, like I can't be mad at him because of that. And this is the thing: you can't be mad at him because it's not like the team got worse because you know people got hurt and it was some unfortunate events that happened, and so that's why we lost ball games. And if, like, if 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 it was some situation where he's like, "Man, I want out of here," and and that was the case then I understand you feeling some type of way towards exactly. it. Exactly. But everybody understands, and I, and I say everybody understands, people that's paying attention understand the decisions that were made to let them led them down this, this road. And those decisions were decisions that weren't that wouldn't be made by 31 other teams in the same league that you operate in. They would have made those deals. How, do, how does Stephon Diggs get a first-round pick? <laughs> Over DeAndre Hawkins, yeah. Over Hawk at that time. Think about that. They, this year, they both had like the same season. You know, one mm-hmm. team, one guy's team was better than the other team. But statistically, they had basically the same year. But one guy you get a you get a first round pick for didn't have to pay any extra money for him or nothing like that. The Texans had to pay David Johnson's contract, <laughs> bro, ten million dollars. Yeah. He was about to get cut. Yeah, you see so, what I'm saying. So it's yeah. like when you when you're making decisions like that, like, I can't even trust you to do your job. You want me to do my job, right? But I can't trust you to do your job. And if you don't do your job, you're not going to be held accountable. This is not the place for me. This is not the right, this is not the right, right environment. And the whole JJ thing, like JJ, if people turn on JJ, that would be a that would be a commentary on people. Yeah. Because JJ has did, done so much for this city, done so much for just period, that if you turn on JJ because he wants to get out of here, especially at this part of his career. That's just a commentary on you as a person, and if you tripping, I can't, I can't, I can't speak on why you tripping, but you tripping. Um, JJ has done above and beyond. JJ was a big catalyst to why Bill O'Brien got out of here. Just off of that alone, you should yeah. be, you should be thankful for, for JJ <laughs> because um, you know him getting into a, a full out argument with Bill O'Brien on the field. Um, it it kind of that was part of the things that led to where we are to where Bill O'Brien got got let go but JJ has done above and beyond and people can talk about you know you know his effectiveness over the past five or so years of his career and all those type of things and those things can get fleshed out you can debate that all that want to but what he's done for the organization what he's done for the city um you can't be mad at JJ and if you're mad at JJ then that's just your problem and I really can't even speak on your problems. You might need to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> That's true, man. And yeah, he he had like a long career here, played through injuries, and and yes, yeah, so I don't think any. I, I don't think it's. I, I get what Figgy's point was, but 
at the same time, like, yeah, I think JJ's is a little bit different, but yeah, I think it's silly the either way because, like you both said, Deshaun did a whole lot for the city. We we don't want to hold you too long, man. We know you got things to do, so I, I I'll, I'll ask my wrap up question and figure will ask his wrap up question. <laughs> my wrap up question is this, man. I know we're a long way from training camp. I know we're a long way from the next season. We ain't even played the Super Bowl yet, man. This season ain't over yet. Technically. We talk about the Super Bowl, man. We just yeah. talking about the Sean. And <laughs> that's a crazy thing, too. Like, I can't remember any point in time where the Texans were the leading story during the playoffs where they, when they weren't even in it. Yeah. So it's very crazy. But for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> exactly. Reasons. Exactly. So I got to ask, what are your predictions? Do you think... I, I think we can all agree that Deshaun's not going to change his mind. It seems like he is dead set on leaving the team. And the the team, from what they've said during uh, the press conferences, it seems like they are not interested in trading Deshaun yet. That could change, probably will change, but who knows. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen closer to the beginning of the season? Do you think that Deshaun will actually sit out games? Like, how, how far do you think this will go before – it is resolved. Like, where, where do you see this ending up eventually when the season starts? It's going to end up with a trade right before the draft. Like, nothing's going to happen in the next couple months. We're going to be in limbo for a while because I believe Nick Casario is smart enough to understand that if we're going to make a move, we're going to get value for him. Um, so that, that is a good thing. The Texans do have Casario in the building to where he's going to make sure he extracts, extracts as much value out of his deal as possible. But it's either going to be a trade right before the draft because that's when his value will be at the highest because you can get some, you can pick somebody within the next couple of weeks to become the new face of your franchise if you let him go or if you send him away. And it's either going to happen then or it's going to happen next year. And I think Deshaun Watson will be willing to set out the entire season um, off of the principle of the situation. I think he's, you, you got to think about what happened with, uh, you got to think about what happened with, uh, Dwayne Brown. People people don't realize this, but this isn't the first time that there's been an issue to where a, a, a player was willing to miss games yeah. to get into a better situation. Like Dwayne has been happy over the past, he's only been gone four or five years now. Like Dwayne has been happy. Like he I heard the peak from him. <laughs> I keep up with him on a consistent basis. He's happy. He goes to work happy every day. You know what I mean? Like that, that you can't really place a value on that. He lost money. He lost money on the front end, but he ended up getting his redone contract on the back end. And when he goes to work every day, he's happy. And so he was willing to sacrifice checks in order to make that happen. And when you get to a certain point in your life, it's it's you become willing and able to pull that off. Not everybody is in a stage of their life that can do that. Not everybody has the, the fortitude to do that. But when you have guys that do, this is this is the result. So it's it's going to be one of two things. It's going to happen to where um, right before the draft, because that's when the Texans can get the most value for them, or it'll be next season, like before in the off, like next off season. And people talk about, oh well, if he ha- if he holds out that long, they'll still retain his rights. That's fine. But what'll happen is is that the NFL is the boss. There's 32 teams, but the NFL is the boss. If you tell me the NFL is going to sit idly beside and let one of their biggest earners not earn for them for a whole year, you're out of your damn mind. Yeah. There, there will be pressure from other entities to say, hey, 
y'all need to figure out the best thing that y'all can do to make get him back on the field um, and trade him away. So to me, this is going to be a trade that happens before the draft because that's when they get the most value. But if they both try to uh, put their their, their, their their foot in the ground, they're going to put their foot down and say, nah, we're not budging. Eventually, I think the league would put enough pressure on the Texans to say, y'all need to trade him away because Deshaun Watson is worth half a billion dollars probably to the NFL because whatever team he goes to, he's going to be worth 300 and some million dollars. He's going to be worth. And, and as far as what he can generate in revenue, set all of those type of things, sponsorships, everything that comes along with his, his, uh, his abilities and his marketability. And so they're not going to just let a guy that that's marketable sit to the side. And I think he's shown that he's a, he's a man of his word. Right. I tell you, I'm going to do something. I, if, if you get that upset when somebody breaks that word, that's because you, you are a man of your word. Like, don't tell me that's that's the worst thing. The, the one time I got mad at my mom in life, she told me that if I got a scholarship to go to college, that she would get me a car to drive myself there. Now, I got my scholarship to go to college and I was like, I wouldn't go on car shopping. She like, I ain't got no money for no car. What you talking about? <laughs> I didn't talk to my mom for like a month. This is my mama. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I feel bad about it now, but you got to understand, that was the first time ever in my life that she told me one thing and it ended up being something else. And it, it was like to her, it was like a little flipping remark. Like, yeah, if you get if you, if you you do that, shoot, I'll get mm-hmm. you a car. I took that as, oh, sh- yeah. <laughs> you know, I would. I, it's almost like Ricky Bobby when he said, if you're not first, you're last. And his mm-hmm. dad was like, his dad was like, you could be second, third, fourth, or fifth. Yeah, I was drunk and when it, I said that. He's like, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I built my whole life around that whole idea. <laughs> it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, dog, like he he's not going to buck. He's not going to buckle under pressure. So he's he's going to be willing to sit out and miss whatever games he needs to miss and, and get rid and lose as much money as he's going to lose because – if he goes to the right market or any market he goes to because he's new, fresh, and he who he is, he's going to make his money back up. He's mm-hmm. going to make that money back. And he's going to be happy when he goes to work each and every day. And that part, you cannot, you cannot discount that. You cannot understand how important quality of life is for people in general, including multimillionaires mm-hmm. that play for your favorite football team. Yeah, people quit all the time. People quit good jobs just to get a part-time job to be happy. Like, I didn't yeah. did it. I, I had a job um, just before I got into radio. I had a job that I hated, and I left that job and went jobless, and I never felt better in my life because all that stress is gone. I ain't got to worry about all that BS they was doing, and it, it ended up working out pretty good for me. Man, life is too short, bro. Life yeah. is too short to to having to go like there's certain things you do because you have to do them like hey but if, as soon as you get an opportunity to get out of, of a bad situation to where mentally is kicking your ass every day get out of that mm-hmm. get out of that situation if it's in a toxic situation get out as soon as you can and make sure you you do the things necessary that you can try to keep yourself out of going back into a situation like that and so like for that reason alone, but also all the other factors, I can't be mad at Deshaun. I can't be mad. It's going to suck because the team that I support the most is going to not be what they should have been. 
because I remember standing, I remember being in my media room, jumping up and down, talking shit when we're up 24 to nothing against the Kansas City Chiefs, thinking <laughs> we're going to have the AFC Championship game at NRG against the next old, week. That against shit the is old, going to um, happen. Against the and it, went, and it went from that to fucking an ass kicking. <laughs> and, I, and I said after that, I said, the, the fan base will never forgive Bill O'Brien for this game. And you know what? You don't think the players didn't didn't feel some type of way for some of the decisions that was being made? And like, <laughs> do you do you not think that some of these and, and that's part of the reason I think they got rid of some of these guys and let some of these guys go because they felt like the the one in charge is making dumbass decisions and he's not holding he's not being held accountable for it for it. He he got a bump. He went from the head coach to the gym after that shit happened. It was announced. Mm-hmm. Hold on, things are not functioning properly here, and 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 football players are used to things being done a certain way. If my ass don't do my job, I'm gonna get cut. I'm gonna be doing something else for a living, and you and you operate off of that. And it goes for the the coaches too. In this organization, there's been too many people that aren't being held accountable for their actions, and and that's why you have so much chaos. That's how you have so much. Um, dysfunction right now. They got to figure out a way to get out of it. And like I said, they, they're they're starting to make some moves to try to get themselves out of that. But in the process, there's still people you're going to lose along the way. And I've I've resigned myself to believe that Deshaun Watson is not going to be a Houston Texan going forward. And and it, it it's too late for that. You know what I mean? There's that that bridge has already been burned. And if somebody repairs that bridge, you need to build that person a bridge here in Houston somewhere and name it after. Them. If David Cully can figure out a way to get Deshaun Watson back in the fold, they need to name a fucking bridge after him. It shouldn't say be someone no more on the trestle. That shit should say be Cully. Because if you can pull that off, you've done, you've repaired a situation that was, was, what's the word? Irreparable. Like you could not, you couldn't expect somebody to put that back together. I have no confidence in that happening. I think Deshaun has got his mind made up. And once his mind's made up, now the Texans have to do what's best for the team, which is get as much value for him as possible. So I think he'll get a trade done somewhere in April. Yeah. All right. Last question for me. Um, Tim Kelly's sticking around to be the offensive coordinator. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying um, they wanted to keep him around because, you know, Deshaun Watson wants him back and all that stuff. And yeah. I kind of took that with a grain of salt because McLean asked him that question in a press conference. And I yeah. don't see somebody like a Deshaun Watson saying, "Nah, he don't need to be around." And now nah, I'm not really say feeling nothing him. negative about anybody, bro. He's just not that type of dude. Exactly. He's not a, exactly. A, so, I, like, do you do you think that's the reason they kept him around, or Tim Kelly, because hoping that Deshaun Watson, you know, can come back? Or I think they kept Tim Kelly because they like Tim Kelly. They we that's the thing. We don't know what goes on behind behind the scenes for for the longest time. People was always complaining that Tim Kelly wouldn't get an opportunity to actually do his thing. He was always having Bill O'Brien micromanage him, change things late in, in weeks, like all that stuff. That stuff I know for a fact is true. Like that stuff would happen. So Tim Kelly, I just look at it like this. I look at Tim Kelly like this. People was excited about Brian Dayball being offensive coordinator here in Houston. They were like, Brian Dayball, what he's doing in Buffalo, that'd be great. It's the same dude to me. You look at you look at Brian Dayball's offense. They have a great passing game and a terrible running game. It's the same thing the Texans had. 
the difference between the Bills and the Texans is the Bills had a number one receiver that's top five in the league. They had Diggs, and they had a slot receiver that converted third downs, Beasley. Mm -hmm. Two things that the Texans didn't have. So that's why they scored more touchdowns than the Texans did. They put up the same amount of yards passing, about the same amount of yards rushing, but they couldn't finish because they had better players. Mm-hmm. You got to have players. <laughs> so when you're talking about calling plays, if you was excited about Brian Dayball, people were saying Brian Dayball could come here bringing that offense, the stuff <laughs> he's did for Josh Allen. I was like, nah, man, I, I, I never believed in that because he's done a good job with that offense, but he's no better than Tim Kelly. To me, he mm-hmm. has to show me more than one season. Brian Dayball has, has had an offense that's been a top 10 offense, top 15 offense in the league, one time in his entire career as an offensive coordinator. That's this year. <laughs> he did it one year. Tim Kelly did the same. Tim Kelly's offense put up the same amount of yards. They just didn't put up the points. And he didn't even get the whole year to be the man. He had Bill O'Brien over his head for the first part of the year. Towards the end of the, the season, things got better. So I'm not mad at Tim Kelly being over there. There's certain people I know like – uh listen sometimes like showing clint like tim kelly is this tim kelly is that and they they're high on day ball but i don't get it how can you be high on day ball and not on tim kelly it's the same dude tim, and, and i know day ball like him coming here i would have been i would have been more upset if day ball came here than david kelly did because oh, uh, if, if yeah. david kelly being here at least i know all right at least i know it's not gonna be a hundred percent more of the same when they talk about that patriot way shit and mm. and and Dayball, like I said, he's only did it one year. You can, if he can put up another season, and they should put up another season next year and figure out how to improve his run game, then I could say, all right, Dayball need, need to get it now. Eric Bieniemy is not the coach here. He should be the coach here. The reason why he's not the coach here is because the Texans' timeline don't match up with Eric Bieniemy's timeline. The timeline and expectations for the Texans is not the same as the timeline expectation for a guy like Airbnb. That's why he's not the coach. People will be like, oh, interviews bad. Come on, we've seen enough evidence of other guys getting jobs that you can say, all right, if this dude can get do a press conference like this and still be a head coach, then why are y'all tripping on EB? Or if that dude can, you know, why are y'all tripping on him? Airbnb is a dude that knows what he wants, has expectations, and has a certain type of uh, prerequisites for me to come into your situation and leave where I'm at. I'm making $3 million a year to win Super Bowls right now. If I'm going to go be a head coach somewhere, I need these things in place. And a lot of these franchises don't want to wait. And a lot of these franchises don't want somebody to come in with that type of mentality. They want somebody that's just grateful to be there. Mm-hmm. And And there's something to be said for that, being grateful to be there. But at the same time, if you got some something about you kind of that that dog about you that you want to be the alpha head coach you're going to say no nah, i need it done this this way and so that's why it being to me um is not a head coach yet i, I need to get that in before we uh, yeah because a lot of people be trying to they, they like they like to throw shots at eb they like to throw <laughs> shots at people it's like this is the same organization that did not interview robert sala that's crazy <laughs> they didn't even interview him that's crazy why you don't interview him, the stuff that's coming out of pop potential reason why he didn't interview him, that's problematic. That you you can't have, there's stuff out here, legitimate reports that they might not draft Zach Wilson because he's a Mormon. That's crazy. That mm. you, can't, you can't allow stuff like that to, to fester. 
And when you have that mentality, I don't care about what's going on outside the building. In one respect, it can be good. But in other respects, it will eliminate opportunities for you to improve as a franchise. Because if agents out there believe, these are guys that you're doing business with, they believe if you're if you're a Mormon, if you're a Muslim, if you are atheist, whatever you want to think that's against what y'all, and we're not going to do business with them. You're eliminating people that could come help. I mean, it just, it's, it's bad business, man. Yeah. And even with Justin Fields, man, I feel, I feel like the test, I'm not confident that they will even draft Justin Fields. Because I'm not saying him and Deshaun is the same player, but I feel like they're similar. So they're you get similar, they got the same agent. They got too. yeah. How does that affect them? So I just don't see them getting rid of Deshaun Watson and drafting Justin Fields. <laughs> so I could see them passing up on him and Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to also think about it like this: How often does that regime, like a Nick Casario, his whole life has been with Bill Belichick? How much value do they put in quarterbacks to where they would draft them with the number two overall pick? Mm-hmm. Is that the way they normally operate? Nope. No. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, there's a there's a lot to it. It's a lot of late. And so with that being the case, it's like you don't know what you're going to get. And they like that. They want you to not know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. This is what, uh, Figgy, I got to tell you this going forward. Don't expect shit out of a press conference. <laughs> nothing. They, yeah. They're going to give you nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Do not get frustrated. I got to have these conversations with Clint Turner and, <laughs> and showing these guys. They are not going to give you a damn thing. And as a player, you appreciate that. Yeah, don't tell them shit, man. Because mm. I don't know to do anyway. <laughs> it's a, like I said, you, it, there's more than one way to skin a cat. But if you get frustrated because Nick Casario don't give you anything as a GM, you're going to be a frustrated motherfucker. You'll be walking around like JJ every day during the last half, half of the year because they're not going to give you anything. They want you to not have a clue what they're going to do. All you can do is base your your analysis and how you view them based off of the evidence of the moves that they're making. You look at the coaching staff that they're putting together, that's a coaching staff that you put together when you're trying to develop young talent. They got some good coaches, good teachers. So that means expect them. Those moves makes me believe they're rebuilding because they got to bring in young players. They got to develop these players. That's the type of coaching staff to put together. That's something to be hopeful about and excited about because they're bringing in teachers. But if you're Deshaun Watson, I don't need teachers in here. I need people that's going to get me over the top because I'm trying to win now. Like yeah. He seemed like the type of dude that's tired of hearing about Pat Mahomes. Like, that's his boy. But nah, I'm the best in the league. That's how, that's his mentality. That's what you want. I want somebody that wants to win. If you're not trying to win now and you're not making moves to win now, then we need to... We need to figure out another arrangement, especially after you lied to them. Yeah, that's that's why I'm kind of glad they didn't bring in um, the enemy at this point because I feel like the Texans not going to be good the next two years. And I just ain't want that be enemy smoke from people saying, oh, see, I told y'all. I told you he was he told you he was trash. He's just a running backs coach. Exactly. So I'd rather, I'd rather him sit out another year and just go to the right situation. Yeah. And I'm, 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 thing, I'm, anytime I'm, there's, a, there's a head coaching opportunity, it's a bad situation. I can hear yeah. it. If you had to fire your coach, something something went wrong. Yeah. Now, now some situations are worse than others. Like the L.A. Chargers situation, that's a great situation because they got a lot of young talent on that roster. And so they got money under the cap. There's things that's bad about it. The ownership might not spend as much money. They're the second thought in that city. But when the, the players they got in the building, they got a young quarterback on a rookie deal. Staley, 
has a, a great opportunity to come out looking like Sean McVay. That mm-hmm. would have been a great a great situation for Eric Bieniemy. A lot of these other situations, I mean, if you're losing your head coach, it's not it's not a good situation. So Eric Bieniemy, all he needs in the situation he goes to is a team that's, that's saying we're re- willing to invest what we need to invest into the players we acquire in order to win as soon as that we can win. And if you have a mentality like that, you're going to do that because EB is going to bring people with them as far as staff, as far as players that want to play for him, as far as whatever, because he – he has that cachet around the league. Guys respect him as a coach, and they know that he knows what he's doing. So when he gets that chance, that'll be dope. He'll mess around and stay in Kansas City for the next five years and then end up coaching the Chiefs when Andy Reid leaves. <laughs> in the process, they'll mess around and win eight championships. But <laughs> and, then, you know, and then that's the thing about it. I would start hating the Chiefs. Um, if they did that, but that's my old team, so I can't be mad at them. Yep. It ain't like the Patriots. The Patriots always <laughs> couldn't stand, and they win all the time, so I'd be pissed off. But if the Chiefs keep winning, I'm just like, shit, already. Yeah, they're so probably going to run the table, too. <laughs> it, it starts on Sunday. Yep. <laughs> we'll we'll see how it go, man. Goat versus yeah. future goats. So we will see. Uh, and, yeah, the, the press conferences, I think there's going to be some new rules this year. I think they're going to have – one question from McLean and then five questions from season ticket holders. What was your, what was your thoughts it. on that, man? Dog, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was funny, but I was like, I, I feel like people don't know any better. Like, do you I think, think, do you think that was planned? What are like do and you, what they're going to be like. Do you think that that whole press conference was kind of planted with the certain questions and then the fan at the end with that question particular? For sure, they kept it short. They didn't, they didn't, they kept it short. There are certain questions that were asked that was like, come on, dog. But that was <laughs> intentional. They know that there's a lot of negative, there's a lot of negativity going around the franchise right now. You they would be the media would love it and fans would get more information out of it, but it wouldn't be smart for you to put yourself in that position right now to have a full-on press conference to just answer every question and sit there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's it's just not that's not that's not smart right now because there's really nothing that you can say that's gonna give people confidence that you know what you are doing without you showing your hand. And they don't want to show their hand. They don't want to tell people what they're gonna do. They don't want them to know what they're gonna do. That's bad business if you do that. So, like I said, Nick Casario, I trust that he knows what he's doing because I've seen the organization he's been in. I've seen the moves that they made. I have evidence to back it up to say this dude has learned from one one of, if not the best at doing it. So he's going to bring that mentality here. He's going to have his own little spin to it, but he's going to bring that mentality here. So y'all not don't expect nothing out of no press conferences, man. You're not going to get any nuggets. You're going to have to read so many tea leaves because he's better at – remember, Jack Easterby tried to be Nick Casario for the past year and a half and did a poor job at it. <laughs> Nick Casario is actually here so a lot of those things that was like why the hell they do that or why did they do that he's they're not going to have all these availabilities and when they ask questions about people they're looking at it's going to be very generic they're not going to give you anything <laughs> it's, it's going to be about the team it's going to be tough people going to still hear tough smart and dependable you're going to hear all those <laughs> things the thing that's going to help temper that is if you listen to Cully at that press conference, bro, you know Cully is going to be a dude that the media and the fans are going to like. Yeah. Like, he's a likable dude. You're not going to be able to dislike him. You're only going to dislike him because of what he represents 
and why he's here. That's the only reason you could dislike him. Like, he's not going to be like Romeo. People started to get mad at Romeo because Romeo was just like, man, <laughs> listen, man, what y'all want me to do? I'm just trying to hold <laughs> y'all want me. Y'all want me to know who, who this, the name of this rookie is from all this type. Like, I know his number. Like, yeah, and, and he's just this type of demeanor anyway. Cully going, Cully going to be in your face, smiling, happy. This is what we're going to do, enthusiastic, positive. You can't get mad at him. I ain't mad at Cully at all, man. I'm happy for Cully that he got an opportunity to be a head coach. And at the worst case scenario, yeah, he's gonna get paid five years, however million million dollars, and he's gonna be able to affect young men in a positive way and affect this community in a positive way. And that's all he cares about at the end of the day. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they're gonna try to win as many games as possible, but. People that get mad at Cully and cuss out Cully and talking about he's a do boy and company man and all that type shit. I need to know what you do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what that person does for a living. And if you're not the boss yourself, you should be quiet. <laughs> That's fair. That's actually a better way to look at it because I was going to say I don't like him because <laughs> not necessarily what he represents because I'm sure like I'm sure he has good intentions I just don't like people who tell long ass stories for no reason <laughs> like, he was going like on yeah. and on with that damn story about Parcells I forgot what the question even was by the time he finished it so I was like well, listen to the question though yeah. Ryan the question what, the question they, they asked was what did Aaron say he tell said, us about your history about your relationship getting, rela- getting, getting recruited by Parcells talk about your relationship with John Harbaugh Andy Reid. It was like four <laughs> questions in one. So basically, he's just like go through the timeline of your life. Oh tell us your career story. That like, question, that answer was six minutes, point. by the way. Yeah, but that, I mean, the way the question was asked, can you can you tell me your life story in less than five minutes? <laughs> Fair enough. I forgot the question stuff. Yeah, I forgot yeah. what the question was because the went on so long. Lee Cully out of this. It ain't his fault, right? Yeah, he is mad at him. If you if you're not mad at Deshaun, you can't be mad at Cully. Cully trying to Deshaun trying to get out of here because he's trying to handle his business. Cully he's trying to be a head coach probably his whole life. Cully yeah. Cully is the same one of the same brothers that been in the league for the longest time got passed over, didn't get opportunities. Man, maybe he would have got opportunities if he was not who he was or what he looked like. He didn't fit a certain mold, and so. I can't get mad at him because he took the opportunity. And, and what happens if he actually comes here and they have success? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, 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 you'd never see me get mad at Cully. I'm happy for that man. He got opportunity to be the boss. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I kind of felt bad for him at first because it's like, man, you going into a situation where you might not come out there that good. But at the end of it all, man, he is 65. He got his first coaching gig. He's getting he's getting paid. He's living his dream right now of being a coach. So yeah. guarantee you contract, five year deal. Yeah. They gotta pay every penny. It ain't like players. The players, yeah. they cut you after year three. Yeah. And it's and it's not like if no, that's fully guaranteed. So let him get let him yeah. get cake. And if he do have <laughs> two bad years, I'm sure he could go back to what he was doing before. Yeah. So it's not he, like it's not like he a young coach and that messed up his whole career where he can't get a head coaching job again. It it is a it is a win win situation for, for him. There's yeah. no, for him personally. It's a win win situation for him. For fans, they look at it like this is a, this is a this is giving us evidence and a precursor to what it's going to be like for the next few years. So you pissed off. I understand it completely. I understand it, but I can't be mad at Cully personally. I can't be mad at that man at all. 
for, mm-hmm. for taking taking that opportunity because it, it I don't know it'll be like I don't know what 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 station do, don't you like Ryan Rocky? Oh, what station don't I like? Uh, do, do you not mess with? Like it would be like people getting mad at Shannon Sharp right now. Yeah, fair Shannon enough. Shannon Sharp is on Fox Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shannon Sharp, all he does is speak truth on that air, but it's with a it is with a a underneath an umbrella that people a lot of people a lot of his people don't rock with right yeah but nobody gets mad at shannon sharp so why are we gonna get mad at Cully? fair enough let, let, let unk spin man let you, spin. So, <laughs> you sold me on him man you sold me on him i, I didn't look at it from that way but now Ryan, i'm you down would take with that it, job you would take that job if I <laughs> oh hell yeah i would i'd be like i can i can still be me they're not telling david color to be nothing but himself yep <laughs> so i can still be me and it's a lot of people pissed off at where I work at, but they not pissed off because I didn't do shit. It's just because of the stuff they did. Oh, I'm finna go in here and rock this and be me. And maybe if I be me enough, it could help people change the perspective of how they look at this entity. Yeah. And that's true because your first inclination is I'm not rocking with Fox Sports or Fox. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going there, they'd be like, shit, I watch the hell out of Unk. So, I think people were more probably mad at him because uh, I know he said we're wrapping this up, but I think people were only really mad at him because they were looking for a hire that would make Deshaun. Because people are still in this kind of weird alternate universe where they think that this is going to work out and Deshaun will say, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm back on board. So they were hoping for a hire that would make him happy. And of course, this hire would not. But then again, he already mentioned weeks ago that it, the, no matter the, who the coach was, it didn't matter. He was yeah. out regardless. So, yeah, I can't put that on Cully, man. But yeah. you got to understand, a lot of fans don't pay attention to every little thing that goes on. Yeah, that's true. Fans are living their life. You living your life. You, shit, I got to take my kid to practice today. And I got I to gotta make sure I'm on work on time. Like, damn, I got to get my car, my, I got to get my uh, my tires changed because it's, it's riding low. Got all these different things going on in life. And then you hear something in passing. Well, shit, they said that if he liked the enemy, and if the enemy come, then shit, he going to be the coach. Then he going to stay. All right, cool. We need the enemy. We need the enemy. He's going to keep the shine. But through all of these different reports, it was stated that now he, his ass, he said he's not coming back regardless. Very <laughs> true. what it is, man. Very I, I true. can't get mad at him. Yeah. I, I just, I asked the question, why did it get to this point? Yeah, I think that's what we're all asking, man. We don't we don't really know how I I, I know there it, we can explain it as to where how we got here, but it will never make sense. You know, out of all the things that have happened in 2020, the last thing I thought sports wise is that we use. I'm actually pissed because I got my nephew a Deshaun Watson jersey, <laughs> like the legit one that costs eighty dollars. And yeah. I was looking because he's a big Texans fan. He's big into football. And I was like, okay, I know JJ ain't White ain't going nowhere next year. And I'm like, what player could I get? That I know he's going to be here. <laughs> I know Poe's going to be here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I got that jersey for Christmas, and now <laughs> this man has played his last game as a Texan, most likely. So, yeah, very, very sad, crazy times we're in. But, I mean, Life we, we going to make man. it, man. You figure it out. Your nephew going to figure it out sooner than later. Life is fair, man. <laughs> Things Very true. Yeah. Not the way you think that shit. That's part of life, man. It's it's wild, Very man, true. because you can't buy a jersey from nothing now. You can't buy Rockets jersey because Harden gone. You don't know who else going to be left on that team. The Texans. <laughs> what you do is you buy the jersey and you customize it and put your name on the back. Yeah. You're not going to change your own name unless you want to. Yeah, but that's, that's true. Because, like, hey, those 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 uh, city jerseys for the, Rock, for the Rockets, like, I'm not a Rockets fan, bro. I'm from Dallas. I would mm. rock that. 
clean. Well, maybe not a jersey, but that hat. Yeah, like that. that those city jerseys is clean, dog. So mm. get you get you a, a Rocket City jersey and then put uh uh put Figgy on that bitch. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That, that would be that would be dope. Don't put no other man's number. name on your back. Unless yeah, <laughs> it's Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless it's the goat. Jordan, Jordan is okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, very, very. We're always happy to have Wade Smith on, man. He's a very versatile guest. I mean, the last time we had him on, we we're talking about George Floyd and racial dynamics in America. Great conversation there. This time, we just talked, broke down the Texans, man, and, and broke it down well. Great to have some uh, 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 real, real expertise, a real expert in the field speak on the truth and and really enlighten us, man. So thank thank you for joining us. You got anything? I know it's a pandemic, so a lot of events, you got, you got a charity organization, but a lot of events have been rolled back. You got anything you want to promote? Anything you got coming up now, personally? Uh, yeah, the events that we got going on, man, are all virtual. You know, we okay. do our school visits with Reading with the Pros, and um, we got a couple of uh, virtual visits coming up in in March. Um, if if you are part of an elementary school, uh, whether you at the district level or at the actual, actual specific elementary school level, if you would like to have a reading with the pros event at your elementary school sometime in the spring uh, before the summer gets here, you can go to uh, to info at wadesmithfoundation.org and put in a request to see if we can get on your schedule before the end of this year. But yeah, that's pretty much it as far as promoting stuff no no new books coming out right now uh i'm just i'm i'm just you know chilling as far as uh that goes but as far as the foundation yeah we are um we're doing our visits with schools and as far as doing events in person we've had to do a lot of rescheduling and and adapting and postponing and cancellations because you can't you can't you can't get together in large groups so hopefully we can get these vaccinations up um and, and get people um to where we can join together again. We can actually have group events and not worrying about being 10 feet apart and six feet apart or whatever it is and wearing masks and stuff and we can get back to some sense of normal. I don't know how, when it's gonna happen, but right now we're, as a foundation, we're just kind of in the holding pattern, but we're still we're still giving back to the community as far as reading the kids and um, probably gonna figure out a way to do some type of virtual book drive a lot of things in the work, of course, but right now that's the main thing. If you'd like to to get myself and and various professionals in all realms to to be able to do a virtual reading with the pros event at your school, just reach out to info at waysmithfoundation.org or you can reach out to me personally at wade at waysmithfoundation.org um, and try to uh, answer those emails as prompt as possible and, and get people on the schedule. That sounds good, man. Great to hear you're still doing that. Um, you can follow this man, Smitty, S-M-I-T-T-Y, 74 all day on Twitter. Um, and if you if you by any chance hear that him and Travis uh, Johnson are doing a, a a show, Smitty and Trap Show on 610, make sure you tune in, man. I, I think that is the best. I'm campaigning for y'all to have a full-time show, man. <laughs> I, I've been on that campaign for a while. Y'all have the funniest, best sports show in Houston, man, whenever y'all link up. Y'all, y'all, we got to do something to get y'all a full-time show because that show was great. That, man. We got to get gotta get us some sponsors or something, bro, because right now the <laughs> money ain't right right now. You know, in a pandemic, you can only do 6 to 6 o'clock. You can't do I feel you. You can't do the Smitty and Trap show. That, I mean, we had the show, and because of that, you had to fall back for a little bit, but we'll see, man. Maybe yeah. we can get get somebody to sponsor us and, and it could be their show, the title sponsor for this Smitty and Trap show. And you, then we can, we can be on air, you know, 
five days a week or three days yeah. a week or whatever, maybe one one night a week, something like that, and, and do our thing. But we enjoy it, man. It's 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 just two cats that that kind of have we don't even have similar backgrounds like we do, but we don't. <laughs> um, but we just got a, a good chemistry, man. It's just like me, it's like you and your partner just talking sports and talking ball. Yeah. And you know, it, it comes off good. So we enjoy it when we get opportunities to do it, man. Yeah. Appreciate we, appreciate y'all. Yeah. We gotta uh, get y'all on the show. We gotta get y'all on the podcast. We gotta get both of y'all back on the podcast, man. I think I wanna say we wanted Arian <laughs> from the beginning and we wanted y'all too. <laughs> yeah. The thing about it, man, we would do our own podcast, but this shit ain't that shit ain't easy, dog. Mm. Stuff y'all got going on, man, and all the behind the scenes stuff you gotta do. Like we try to do it for a little bit. It's like, man. To, to do it and it actually be done right. Like we need a budget to where somebody that that's what they do. Like we put together a podcast and, and I could pay you, you know, a couple hundred dollars or you know whatever it is a week or whatever it is to put it together. And then, then we can just do what we do when we come into the station and do a show. Yeah. And, and then we could do that. But you know, that it's, it's hard. There's a lot going on, especially when you got, we got, we both got so much stuff going on ourselves. Like you, you guys know it ain't easy to do it. Damn <laughs> yeah. So to, to get it uploaded on all the different places, the Spotify's and all these types of stuff you got going on. It's like, once you get down a system, I'm sure it's, it's easier. Yeah. But yeah. We, they, they need to come up with some type of support thing to where it's not an entity. Cause it's not like the radio station that does it. Cause they take too much off the top, but just some like contract labor. Somebody's like, hey, this is, you know, pay me this dollar amount and I'm going to put your everything you want together. You want to talk about what you need and then we'll put it together so that y'all can just do what y'all do. Y'all can be the talent. Yeah. Put the information out there. We're going to make it look the way it looks and make it pop so that it, and then do all the uploading and all of the shit that goes on behind the scene, promoting it, the marketing, all of that. And then not cost, Five thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. or some, some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, like, come on now. We both got twelve kids each. Dog. We're not trying to spend all that money. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. That shit. That shit ain't I, no I, joke. I, I think Thiggy was talking more. <laughs> it, it is an investment. I think Thiggy yeah. was saying we need y'all both on our podcast at the same time. But yeah, making a podcast an investment, man. But yeah. I, I'm sure y'all gonna get something popping out. Yeah. We got to talk to uh, Diddy at Revolt. Get y'all on some platform or something, man. Because oh, yeah. y'all deserve it. Y'all got a dope show. Y'all got a great chemistry going on, man. So, listeners, if you hear uh, Smitty and Trap gonna be on six ten, make sure you tune in. Also, follow him on Twitter. Check out his charity organization. They do great work and great to have him on, man. Always a, a very special guest, a very very entertaining guest, and very informative guest. We love having you on, man. We definitely gonna do it again soon, man. Appreciate it. It's always real, fellas. Other things that happened this week, man. Um, the silhouette challenge. How do you feel about this? Um, I I gotta say, I feel like it is a fall off from the busted challenge. You think the it's busted worse? challenge was like the busted challenge was like the peak challenge, man. Yeah, like it, it was too good, and it, it get, kept getting better and better when the celebrities and shit started doing it, but. This one, I'm not really feeling, man. Number one, the song sucks. <laughs> it, it ain't as entertaining as Buss It with the Nelly sample at first. Like, yeah. that's, that's that's a classic, great challenge. This one, this with the oldie time song in the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, Put I'm not going to select you. my song. I'll be watching them. Ch- I watch the challenges muted anyway. Yeah. But these ones, <laughs> I make sure not to hear the song, man. It's annoying. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling the silhouette challenge myself, man. But how about you? Do you like it? Uh, I think it's all right. I think it was all right at first, but now it's too many people trying to do it and doing too much. It's like, uh, you know, it's. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, man. All women cannot. A, a lot of women. I ain't going to say a lot, but it's women out there that can't be sexy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel, that that challenge is for women who know how to, you know, be sexy with it. You know, a lot of you know, a lot of women don't have rhythm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good when a woman is actually being sexy with it. And it's just like, okay, I can sit back and watch it for a couple seconds, okay. But to me, that's that's kind of like a uh, challenge for like the strippers that know how to be sexy with it. So a lot of women are not like that. <laughs> so you seen a lot of bullshit. But did you yeah. did you hear about people um <laughs> using some app to to actually see them naked like that or see them? Yes. I was going to bring <laughs> that up too because I think that is a lie that got perpetuated on Twitter and everybody started believing it and then it became a whole debate about who these things are made for and why men got to be creeps and why men got to objectify women and sexualize them. And women don't do these things for men. And it became (laughs) a big old gender war, but the initial claim, somebody tweeted something saying that he made an app that is going to remove the red filter when and it's a Snapchat filter that does this challenge, like a silhouette thing. And somebody said they have an app that can remove it. This is not true. Like I've heard, I looked, like I was just looking, not even on some perv shit. I'm like, is this really possible to remove somebody else's filter on their own video? Because I didn't think it was. Now, I will say this. I don't think it's an app to actually remove it clean like that. But it is a way where you can, I guess, remove it kind of and see, uh, see a little more. But I think a lot of people like to me, it's not even worth doing that because it's it's like an app where you can, you, you, I guess you download the video and you go to the app and you like change the the color of it and the settings and all that stuff where you could kind of see a little more clear and remove the red. But to me, that's not. To, I thought it was an app where it's, where it take it away and yes. you can actually see them asshole naked. But it's it, it not that. Like- it looked like somebody just turned the brightness up. That's on all the it video. was. Yeah, and that's, that's all, all it was. was. And yeah, you could see a little bit more, but it's not. It wasn't <laughs> worth what people were saying it was on Twitter. You know, it wasn't like you was gonna see every detail, and, and you can even see their faces half the time. Yeah, man. I thought so, it was gonna be like a clean video of the original yeah, video too. or something. Yeah. <laughs> But but this started a whole debate. And <laughs> it, it, here's the thing. Women got to be honest. Like, y'all are doing this for male attention. I'm not saying you're only doing it for male attention because, yeah, girls be propping themselves up and women send each other sexy pictures and shit. I get that. But they ain't the ones leaving thousands of likes, thousands of retweets. That's the men. <laughs> and that dopamine rush you get when you see your posts doing numbers, that's mm-hmm. the men boosting that up. If there were no men on Twitter, like none of the sexy shit y'all be posting would get the traction it would. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying it would not get nothing, but yeah. horny men are the ones driving this content, man. So y'all got to stop lying to yourselves and saying you're not doing it for men. 
Like, but, get the fuck but, out of here. But you the, know what you're doing. But it see for. The you're thing, doing it for likes this, and clout. See, the thing is, if you're not really doing it for anybody, let's say anybody, you're not, you're only doing it for yourself, why are you posting it? Exactly. You could, you could take pictures and some people, you know, create porn and do sex mm-hmm. videos, but they don't release it. They just do it for them and their significant other or something like that. Uh, like, yeah, I agree with you, man. Like, you ain't got to post it if, if that's the case. And I'm not telling you what to do, but you posting it for the people that follow you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And ev- no, everybody, because if you if it was only for you and your friends and your followers, you would make your account private. Mm-hmm. Make your account private. Put the video out. And if somebody stole that video and put it out, then they were an asshole creep. But no, if you put your account private and put that video out, that's one thing. But y'all got public profiles putting these <laughs> videos out and mad that niggas are horny over it. Like, what the fuck you expect <laughs> to happen? <laughs> like, y'all knew exactly what y'all was doing, dancing and twerking naked on a fucking Twitter video or in TikTok, man. So yeah. and the, let's be honest yeah. here. And let's other, be honest about your intentions. And the other thing is people, women are acting like, oh, my God, guys are creeps. Like, that's not breaking news. <laughs> like, us guys could tell you it's a creepy-ass niggas out here. <laughs> and, 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 yes. and when we, when guys always talk about, hey, don't wear that shit or don't, you know, be careful when you post. We're not doing that to tell you what to do. We know it's creepy niggas out here that will steal your picture and fucking, <laughs> I don't know, put it on their wall or something or just be on some creepy-ass shit. It's nothing but creepy niggas on the internet. <laughs> so, like, pe- yeah. women acting like it was breaking news, like, oh, my God, you guys are disgusting. And yes, it's disgusting dudes out there. <laughs> like, I, I, it's funny because I got into an argument, like, a couple years ago uh, with a couple girls over the whole breastfeeding in public. And my thing was, mm-hmm. like, I don't have a problem with women have to breastfeed in public. Like, I'm, you know, I'm that guy. I don't really care about that. But I mentioned how I I guess as a woman, I would be kind of, you know, rarey to do it in public because it'd be some creepy ass niggas that's trying to take a peep at your nipple or something. I'll run that up and they act mm-hmm. like it was like, oh, no, they shouldn't do that. And blah, blah. I'm like, I know they shouldn't do it, but it's still some creepy ass dudes who be looking for all the wrong reasons. It's, it's it'd be niggas with mirrors on their shoes walking around women with dresses on. You know what I mean? Like, they shouldn't do that, but it's it's the world we live in. So I, I mentioned how I would be rarey to do that in public just for that fact. But it was weird how women's acting like it was just, you know, oh, my God, like I cannot believe all these creeps are messing this up. <laughs> like, yeah, it's creeps. It's it's creeps out there that's, look, that's fucking jacking off to your regular picture. <laughs> So yep. yeah, just imagine what they got your do. shit saved on their phone. Yes. <laughs> so just imagine what what they doing to you dancing naked. <laughs> it, it is silly, man. And I get like some of the, some of the arguments women make. I get like I understand how when, when women say you know I, I dress sexy not to get a whole lot of men. You, you to be honest, you want a little bit of male attention. But when women dress sexy, it ain't just to attract men sometimes you just want to look good and go outside and be with your girlfriends do whatever i understand that part but when you making like sexually themed one thing that got annoying too 
was Chloe did the busted challenge from Chloe and Haley or Hallie or however you say the motherfuckers. <laughs> and two girls who were little child stars and now they grown women now. And Chloe is like thotting it up a little bit, man. I got to say, dog, she getting a little more sexual. She getting a little more sexual in her content. She uh, she posted a new video where she was just walking around in her underwear, kind of shaking her ass a little bit. I'm like, okay, do what you want to do. But people were acting disgusted that men were sexualizing her her busset challenge. And I'm like, what did you think this like? It's called busset. <laughs> <laughs> if she's 22 years old like this ain't like us jacking out to a 16 year old man but yeah if you put sexual content on the internet don't be surprised if niggas take it sexually you yeah. know because that's what it is yeah it'll be one thing if she was like doing the watusi or some goofy dance and people said that was hot but nah she's shaking ass like she riding on a dick and and people were shocked that men were sexualizing her like get the fuck out of here yeah. She knew what she was doing, and y'all know what she's doing. So yeah, I think people, uh, I think women need to realize, like, if a guy's not finding that attractive or find anything like that attractive, you need to check him <laughs> because that's kind of like human yep. nature, man. Like, 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 even if you don't even put an age on it, if you see like a a, a thick girl shaking ass, you might be like, damn, okay, you might, you might. Find it attractive. You know what I mean, that's kind of like part of being a guy or part of being a human. But like, I don't understand. Like, like, what is a guy supposed to do? <laughs> you know what I mean, I, I I just don't get it. I don't get when women start talking crazy like that. You're supposed to look away, and only the women can. <laughs> but uh, that's why we got to have another woman on and talk about this shit, man. Maybe Jasmine next month, but. We got to get the women because I don't want to make it seem like we just picking on women and, and we and we just like have no basis. And we just want to, you know, be a, a man club. No women allowed some type shit like that. So, yeah. you know, that's we why got we to, have we, women on the we, podcast. We got to debate these. We things. got to gather up all the women topics we be having and just have a woman on. And yeah. Just go back and forth. I, th- I think I got somebody who can hop on, too. So, yeah. OK, that'd be fun. Yeah, we got to we got to get these uh, gender wars topics out, man, because we don't, we don't want to sound like it's just me and Figgy getting our male anger out. We I mean, we are open to debate, man. If you all a woman and you listen to the podcast, and you think we wrong. Say why you know, we are open to debates and viewpoints. And we want to know, you know, we want to know what you think, what you ladies think. Are we wrong? Are we right? I don't know if we but we we will try to get a woman on and have a healthy debate, maybe come together on some topics and really point y'all out for being the hypocrites you are. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) uh, last thing, uh, Black Lives Matter was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Like, what? How you gonna nominate a movement for a... Who gonna accept it? I I don't know, man. (laughs) I thought that was fucking hilarious. I wasn't putting that in there to be like, oh yeah, shout Uh, out to the, you know... I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't think it's gonna be a bunch of a tr- man. You know how many people gonna Go be ahead. pissed about this? <laughs> you know how many people gonna be uh, so upset with this? Like you, they already get a lot of. Um, <laughs> they already begin shitting on in the first place. <laughs> Just imagine if they won this. <laughs> they can't like if this actually happening. Yes, it will be super corny. 
but they can't have anybody accept this. This would have to be like one of those awards that goes to everybody. But yeah. don't have somebody show up being the face of Black Lives Matter, especially if it's like somebody because they can't even de- decide who really they, they the Black Lives Matter organization is like 50 different organizations because they can't decide who's the real Black Lives Matter and who isn't. So it's yeah. a lot of people claiming it, a lot of people who were there from the beginning who don't like who's running it now. And it's whole, like there's no real Black Lives Matter organization. Yeah. So they can't have people come up, especially if they're like, you know, white yeah. <laughs> or somebody. Hey, they're going to have Sean like, you, King you can't have there. some people. <laughs> yeah, you can't have D-Ray or Sean King who have already been disowned by Black Lives Matter anyway, so they wouldn't even be up there. But you can't have those people come on and uh, accept this award. It's had to be one of those awards that just is is, is a like a, a symbol, but it doesn't go to anybody. And you just say, hey, it's for Black Lives Matter. And <laughs> nobody accepts it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, man, everybody going crazy. I don't know about your timeline, Figgy, but everybody's been talking about stocks on my shit. Everybody is totally, yes. so, so, suddenly fucking... <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Fucking stockbrokers <laughs> and shit. <laughs> yeah. What's... Have you been tempted to di- have you been tempted to dip your toe into this shit, man? What, what, what's going on? Have you been t- tempted to uh, uh, put your money up and see what a stock is and how you can make money off this shit? I tried to, man. Like uh, My wife is into it a little bit. She kind of died down from it. But um, I was probably say probably in the middle of last year probably around july she kind of got into it she tried to get me into it i couldn't really get into it like that though so i was just like hey you got it like whatever you think (laughs) like i yeah do it (laughs) i wasn't all nerdy with it because the one thing that pissed me off is when people on the timeline be like oh yeah my my stock just went up two percent yeah i'm glad i got like who give a shit like, don't nobody give a shit about that. That's that's like me being on the timeline. Like, oh yeah, I just got a, I just got a two percent raise on my check. <laughs> like, I, like who cares? Like, why is you sharing? Why is you even sharing this? So uh, some people be a little irritating with it and posting the screenshots of the, of the uh, the chart and all this other shit. It's like don't nobody, <laughs> don't nobody give a fuck about this. <laughs> But um, outside of that, man, it w- it was kind of interesting, man, because you had you had GameStop. I I I know what was going on. I guess people were trying to buy up GameStop real quick or something. I I don't know what happened. I I'm guessing they still don't know why that stock went down like that or went that low. But um, yeah, I've been seeing Robinhood getting a lot of flack for. I guess they um I I don't know if you know about it, but I guess they shut it down from people buying it up like that. So yeah, it was a lot of arguing, a lot of stockbrokers <laughs> arguing with each other and shit. So yeah. yeah, man. And I read a little bit about it. And from what I can gather, it seems like these hedge fund companies, which are companies who basically bet money on a company to fail, they they boost, they they really uh took down the the stock price of GameStop so they could bank basically take it out and, and get some money. I don't know how this shit works. I didn't read too much into it, but that's the gist of it. And so everybody started to raise the GameStop stock um, so they could get money off it. 
because in, 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 they're trying to get to like a thousand dollars a share, which I don't know if that, I doubt <laughs> it's going to hit that. But I've been keeping up with it, man. It's interesting. And I have been tempted, but I'll, number one, once this shit hits like the news, it's too late to participate. Yeah. You know, and, and I basically every place I've read said that if you didn't get in from the beginning, you probably not going to make money. You probably going to lose money. Mm. So I, one of my goals this year was to get more into investing. But one thing I did notice lately, especially during the pandemic, when there was no sports, a lot of gambling fucking addicts started to get into uh, trading stocks and they treat stocks like it's a fucking world series or an NBA fucking championship where you bet on who's like, they treat it like everyday gambling. And I don't think it's supposed to be like that. I think you're supposed to have long-term investments and see how the market fluctuates and hopefully you come out on top, but you accept that you're going to lose money on the way too. But I feel like a lot of these gambling junkies, especially with this whole thing going on, are treating it like, you know, I'm going to be up one day and then, oh, shit, this team lost, so I lost money, but I'm going to get it by doing this again. It's like it's not supposed to be like that, I don't think. Yeah. But a lot of people are getting into it (laughs) and people are doing it with the AMC, too, and Mm -hmm. a whole lot of dying companies are trying to raise the stock price to a certain point. Um, to some to supposedly stick it to these hedge fund companies, but people are trying to make money too. I've heard people have made money. And, and that's one thing that gets on your nerves when you feel like you're missing out because people are acting like they buying houses off this shit. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, what? <laughs> so somebody tell me is simply, how do I get money? Like somebody break it down. But my, my thing is, man, I can't put money into something I don't understand. Yeah. So I'll refuse until I fully understand how stocks and the stock market works. Like, I'm not going to put a thousand dollars in some shit and just lose it, like, and just throw it away. Yeah. You know, so I got to understand what's happening here and what's going to happen with my money. And I don't want to treat it like something that, you know, I'm just have no clue what's happening because then I'm just going to basically like giving away your money. So, yeah. Have you thought about uh, investing in, in like Bitcoin? I have. Bitcoin is one of those things I wish I got in on the ground floor on because it's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. But once that's another thing that once everybody started talking about it, it's like now it's too late. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but I've thought about it, man. I I thought that Bitcoin would be one of those things that died out. Maybe the banks would kill it. Um, But it's been sticking around, man. It might be the future with this uh, technology, with the uh, blockchain and all that shit. Yeah, especially seeing that NFL player getting paid in Bitcoin. Yeah. That was a game changer right there. It's like, oh, shit. I don't think it's going to die no time soon. Yeah, and I think the Dallas Mavericks, uh, Mark Cuban, of course, owns them. And he said that people can pay for tickets in Bitcoin. Mm. which is pretty crazy. So like yeah. it, it, it might really be the future, man. I thought it was going to be something that the government was going to try to kill because it's basically unregulated right now. Yeah. But we'll see, man. It's interesting that it's stuck around. So maybe yeah. when I, when I get more educated, I might dip my toe on that shit. We'll yeah. I, yeah. From, from what I read about it or uh, heard people talk about it's I mean, it's better than keeping your money in the bank and, uh, and not really. I, I think so because the way it's going now, because let's say you did have Bitcoin right now, you invested all your shit in it. 
I think you um I think the price is going up on it. So you could kind of sell it as much as you can uh whatever price you can. And the I, I guess the longer you keep your money in the bank, the um I guess the more you lose. I guess that that's kind of what I got from it. Yeah. But like I said, I still got to read more into it. It's interesting, man. And you can go deep. Like there's a bunch of podcasts, there's websites on it. One thing I did notice early on, and that's what kept me from getting into it, is that uh, your, your Bitcoin, like your your money in a bank is insured. Mm. So if you lose it, if your identity gets stolen, and this happens all the time to me, you know, like fucking I'll see a charge that I don't recognize. I'll say, what the fuck? Call them. They put the money back in my account. I might get my car canceled, but I'll get it replaced. If somebody hacks into your shit and takes your Bitcoin, it's just gone. You know, there's no insurance. So if you put all your money into Bitcoin and somebody comes in and takes your Bitcoin, that's your money is gone. There's nobody to complain to because it's not regulated. That's kind of the appeal of it. But at the same time, it's like that's kind of what's fucked up. It's not insured. So it's tough, man. And it might get to a point where it is regulated. But I don't know. For for that reason, I stayed away from putting my money into it. But. As an investment, I mean, it's going up. So this this is the business yeah. part of the podcast now. We CNBC, Gems and yeah. Juice. Niggas probably falling asleep <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I know, right? We are not financial advisors. That's what everybody says. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't listen to me. Don't put all your money in Bitcoin and say figgy fit. There, there are some financial nerds out here who are just laughing at us and be like, what are these niggas talking about, man? They don't yeah. even know what I would like to get is. one on, man. I would like to get one on the podcast and just ask a bunch of shit. Because I really don't know this shit at all. Yeah. So I, I, I would like to, you know, be more educated on it. Yeah, we need some uh, financial literate people to tell us and school us because, I mean, we just bullshitting right now. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, we do know about hip hop and sports and we covered that at length. So with that said, let's go ahead and do we have anything else to talk about? Is that it for the uh Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Sekou Smith, yes. Cicely Tyson, and John Chaney, by the way. Cicely Tyson was 96, man. I didn't know she I was that old. Yeah, I didn't either. It seemed like she was still active, too. Yeah. So that's that's what kind of threw me off. At first, I'm like, oh, she, well, when I see how old she was, I'm like, damn, I, she was still going at it? <laughs> the, uh, like that, that's what... Yeah, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's, that's what happens when you get that old, man. Like, you, you seem fine and... and like one week you super active and then like it suddenly hits you crazy. And I seen people go down quick when they get really old, man. So, but yeah, RP is asleep. Tyson, man, a legend in the game, of course. Yeah. The say cool Smith, um, that kind of got to me, man. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, that, that was somebody that I enjoy seeing on TV. He was all, I don't know something about him, man. He was super cool. And, um, yeah, like I said, I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing him on TV. So that kind of caught me off guard. Died from COVID. So it's just like, damn. He was only like four, I want to say like 46, 47. Yeah. So that that was kind of a heartbreaker right there. So yeah, rest in peace to Sekou Smith, too. That was sad, man. And in the NBA, it's talking about having an all-star game in Atlanta. Mm. Like you just had one of your beloved personalities die of COVID. And you trying to have an all-star game in Atlanta 
And they trying mm-hmm. to they trying to make it look better by saying the proceeds will go to a black college and black universities and shit. Like do what that do anyway. That, what do that matter if you know but, if, if you if people getting COVID and getting sick and dying? <laughs> oh, they they want All Star Weekend to happen, mm-hmm. but come on, man, we we still in a pandemic. The vaccines ain't rolled out yet like they should, you know. So yeah, stop, you know, I need to stop that. NBA is greedy. Yeah. Like everybody else in this world. But with that being said, let's bring in the Anita Baker main. Have her take us out with them smooth vibes. <laughs> we need, it, it, you know, it'd be dope if we get her on and she see, um, she outro the show <laughs> with one of her songs. That'd be dope. Oh, oh man, <laughs> Anita Baker ain't doing shit. She's super rare, dog. She only, <laughs> but that would be dope. That would be crazy, man. We had to retire for guys too, like that happened. Yeah, I've, yeah, I think that'd be it for the podcast. Like, <laughs> we can't top this. <laughs> Not on top. <laughs> but yes, thank you all all for listening. Uh, thank you, special guest Wade Smith. Make sure to follow him. Uh, follow the Wade Smith Foundation as well. Good charity work out there. Um, shout out again to Arian Foster, man. Last week, making our podcast blow up a little bit, getting us viral, getting us clicks, getting us uh, nat- local news appearances, apparently. So mm-hmm. it's fine too, because I didn't even know you, you did say in the, the group chat that old dude requested the uh, the clip to be used on a, a, on a late night yeah. local sports section. And uh, you were you said cool, just credit the podcast, and he did. But I didn't even see it. My mom sent me the clip because she was watching the news. Oh, uh, she was like, "They just had your podcast on <laughs> on the news." I'm like, "Oh, I guess it must have been the clip." Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, it was cool. I um, I told I told him send me the clip at um when he aired, and he ended up tweeting it out. So that was even better. Yeah. So it was yeah. Shout out to Randy McAvoy. Yep. Shout out. Shout out <laughs> to Randy over at KPRC Channel 2 News. Appreciate the shout out and the love. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for listening, man. Thank you for the day ones. Thank you for the new listeners. Hopefully you still tuned in. Yeah. After you heard us talk about Bitcoin ad nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> Juice stones and we, the gemsters. Gemstone, juicer, juicers. And juicers and gemstones. Problems. Yeah, but yeah, we we gonna keep it dialed in and locked in, man. We got more planned for y'all in the future. Um, we'll see where Deshaun Watson goes. Honestly, we ain't gonna talk about this shit every week because yeah. I think we've come at we are basically at the standstill now. Mm-hmm. But if anything big happens, you know we gonna be yeah. tuned in. The next time we talk about Deshaun Watson is when he get traded. <laughs> I think we're so not too. breaking down no more le- rap lyrics and tweets. Yeah. And he did this. <laughs> he took all this text and stuff down. Like yes. now, nah, the next time we talk about this, he will be playing for another team. <laughs> yes, I-, I agree. I'm down with that. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, shout out to all y'all. Thank y'all for listening, and for Figgy, for Jasmine in the background as well doing the work. I'm Ryan Rocket. We are the Gems and Juice Podcast. And- we out.